0: Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Megan. And we have a very special guest in our studio today. Please, everybody, welcome Wes. Hi, Wes.
1: Hi, how are you?
0: Oh, my
2: God. We almost I- kissed. <laughs> I know. I feel like our listeners should know that Charnel and I are sharing a microphone, so we are usually really close, but this is like... I mean, I could lick you right now.
0: Also, with this, this time on purpose. With <laughs> as sexy as West sounds, I think we should lick each other. I right mean, we now. might
2: end up doing that. <laughs> it's a it's nine hundred number. If you guys would like to call in and pay ten ninety nine
0: <laughs> a minute for this,
1: I'm looking for a retirement gig.
2: Oh,
0: you yeah.
1: you found it, sex operator.
0: Yeah, oh, I I think we just found your higher calling, my friend. <laughs> I feel like you've known that's
2: your higher calling, higher calling for a while, Wes. A little while. You just wanted to use your degree first. Correct.
1: Correct.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, then it didn't. The cost of it wasn't wasted but now it's time to get real fun i think because we have to do our gris -gris. we will but we have to explain it to wes first he's new here yes okay so wes
1: and nervous i might add which is weird
2: he doesn't sound nervous he seems like he's in his comfort zone Mm -hmm. two women across the table (laughs)
0: Practically kissing. <laughs> His wallet's out. Yes.
1: Well, it Remi- Reminds me, I have videos I need to take back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. Show them what, what we got here. What I have in my hand, this came to us from a listener that we affectionately call Kangaroo Sack Jason. King, he okay. is an Aussie listener, and he sent us this genuine kangaroo scrotum sack.
1: It's made out of a kangaroo's skull. Yeah, scrolling. would you like to stroke yes. it? Yeah. Hell yeah, I would.
0: <laughs> That's what it, don't be jealous because the kangaroo's is very soft. i be honest, that this is, is a kangaroo. so much
1: nicer than my screw. <laughs> this is a sure.
2: kangaroo that cares about his partner. He yeah. has manscaped. Everything wow. is nice and smooth.
0: Yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But inside.
1: Then well, first,
2: we have the queen of the peen. Yep. The
1: queen of the peen? So
2: she is our crystal skull.
0: Mm-hmm. Also sent by a listener. Mm -hmm. Because she is the queen of all the little crystal penises that were also sent to us by a listener that live in the kangaroo scrotum sack. And you know what we do before each episode, Wes? Uh, is we shake it for good luck
1: <laughs> well i like that. we shake
2: the sack we find that it's empowering to us as women and we understand now why guys are so excited about them
1: yes about okay. scrotums
2: yeah about shaking it shaking
1: oh okay it. Yeah, no it's, I, yeah it's a lot of fucking Th- fun there's a lot yeah
2: yeah. Now, you stroke those okay. for as long as you'd like. But the other thing now, that do I we... I put these back in here? Now, Sure. sure. I mean, sometimes okay. Charnel gets nervous and she starts lining them up like voodoo princess style along the table when I give her a spooky case. Mm-hmm. But you okay. do whatever you need to with so them. So I need
1: to shake it. Mm-hmm.
2: You got okay. it. Okay. And then we also had a listener send us raccoon bones.
1: Yeah. So I just and heard about that.
2: Yeah. So what did you hear? Do you well, know so what these are? so somebody at
1: work mentioned that that it's a thing that, to collect raccoon penis bones i'm yes. like what
2: yeah so it's not our thing but it became our thing <laughs> it, it did. we were gifted these very impressive hooked uh bones which we learned were the inside of a raccoon's penis and they do appear to have some type of a a stimulator of some kind on the end of them. So we sh-
0: we shake the bones. We shake those. Shake
1: those. And I mm-hmm. think that prior to being recorded, I mentioned that it looks like it's a built-in come-hither motion.
0: <laughs> and I think you hit the nail on the head because there's no other explanation for why that's it would have a hook at the end of it. That's exactly
1: why yeah. the raccoon G-spot. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right,
2: which explains oh. why they're such jovial creatures. They're always they're always so happy.
0: <laughs> They've never had a bad the day. The little trash
2: pandas have never had a bad day. <laughs> yeah,
0: yes. Would you like to introduce why we invited Wes on today?
2: So how many times case-wise we have dealt with situations where there's just, I mean, Wes, I'm sure you can appreciate this too, Some bad law enforcement, bad investigations really, and that's a lot of what we see. It's super easy to be critical with of law enforcement in those cases. We try pretty often then on cases where we've had really great investigation as well. And so to Charnel and I, we said, we need to bring on somebody. Let's bring on a detective. Let's bring on somebody who isn't afraid of either one of us, who is, is willing to answer some questions that we have, that the public might have about who you are, what draws you into what can only be described as a super thankless field at this point yeah, in time, very much so. and, and kind of just some uh, events in your life. We, we want people to know law enforcement.
0: We think that you're going to love Wes's stories, and Wes in general, um, but he's uh, kind of funny, <laughs> a
1: little bit. Yeah,
0: he has his moments. That's why you said, "Oh, not afraid of us." He can hang with us, right. so that's why we had him on. Absolutely, yeah. because yeah. he he gets our humor, and uh, he's one of us guys. So, should we start with?
2: I think we should start at the beginning. It was a warm day. <laughs>
1: He no. <laughs>
0: I I think I remember. It was spring. It was spring. I think I met your mom once at fireworks and yes. literally said to her, "Oh my god, you weren't hatched."
1: Yes, yep. <laughs> Yep. Oh, I, or were you? Uh, no, no, I was. She, she
0: confirmed. She birthed him. Yeah, I yeah.
1: actually have a, yeah, a mother and yes.
2: Tell, tell You don't have to give names here for yes. anonymity purposes if you'd like, but tell us about your early upbringing and kind of, uh, were you one of the kids that was like in kindergarten, like I'm going to be a police officer or were you like, I'm going to be a dinosaur?
1: Uh, no, I was going to be uh, uh, Indiana Jones from Raiders of the Lost Ark.
2: As you should have. Told. I
1: actually have career day dressed up as an archaeologist with the, and I don't know why I had on short shorts, but that's the way I remember it now. <laughs> oh, so maybe more like. A so your male mom was Dora watching the her. I don't. Know.
2: Her <laughs> West the explorer, but yeah. What by any chance were you not actually watching Indiana Jones? Was it like one of those like
1: no no it was legit I just porn I, versions of Indiana they,
2: Jones for, at your mom's house. For
1: some reason I remember having on like short khaki shorts and like I don't in boots.
0: And now I just want to call him Dora. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a that's a that's a good nickname for the future. So no I I uh, as a, as a child did not want to be a cop. Mm. Um but and not to get into it too much but I was kind of I've been training to be a cop since I was like eight years old.
2: So he didn't want to be a cop, but you were training for it since you were eight. You're going to have to give more information now.
1: So it
0: like, was like, I don't want to get into it. But now but we're
2: they, but I'm going to leave they, you yeah. on a cliffhanger. Here, bite at this. But I think
1: I almost have to because um, my fa- my upbringing was a little rough. Um, my father was a, a, a rough man, um, uh, you know, substance abuse, violent. Um, my mother, awesome. I'd been doing this probably 10, 10 years or so when a sergeant asked me, he goes, how come you are so good at taking domestic violence calls? I said, well, I've been taking them since I was eight years old. That makes sense. Fair. So that's that's where that comes from, sure. is that I, from an early age, was the one who especially protected my mother or kept things calm mm-hmm. um, and kind of was already at that age solving things. So,
2: Are you the middle child?
1: I am the oldest. You're
2: the oldest, that's right. And there's three boys in your family.
1: Correct. Yes. Okay. Yep. I have a younger brother who's two and a half, Shane, two and a half years younger than me, and then my youngest brother, Trevor, is eleven years younger than me.
2: Okay. Did you have a lot of contact with law enforcement when you were younger?
1: Actually, no. That's the thing. I mean, we grew up down by Waldron, which I don't know if you know this. It's not the end of the world, but you can see it from there.
2: Are you, <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. Okay. That yeah. Makes sense. So we think the world is. You don't flat. have. You don't have yes. a stoplight.
1: Uh, we have a. We have a blinking light. You have a
2: blinking light. Yes. Okay.
1: Uh, and. Waldron, along with a lot of Hillsdale County, thinks that the South won the war. So that's something that we, the
2: Southern Michigan yes, War. It's
1: a very interesting. <laughs> it's a very interesting. Somehow, dynamic. in
2: one of the northernmost states in the <laughs> Union, you have a large Confederacy population Correct. in Southern Michigan. Correct. There. Correct. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So, so yeah, very small town. Um, and you know, growing up, I mean, I you know, I was I'm fifty years old, so I grew up in the seventies into the eighties, like.
0: Which we talk about a lot on this podcast. And we just
1: never had, there was never cops down there. I mean, the things that happened between my mother and father were never reported.
2: Mm -hmm. No, because you stayed out of people's personal business. What happened in the home, stayed in the home. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. I'm playing with the scrotum. Oh, no, and that's a comfort thing.
2: So Charnel has said multiple times before, I don't know if you're aware, you haven't listened to, uh, before. I mean, we tell people to grab their comfort items, whatever yeah. those may, d- may be. And you have a very specific one that you refer to oh, often.
0: I, do. I, I always tell people it's time to grab your comfort dildo.
1: Okay. Well, so if yours is see, the kangaroo set. the scrotum. Set, I, yeah,
2: that's a comfort understand. scrotum. It's more pretty
1: I feel, yes. tender.
0: So mo- moving on <laughs> then for,
2: from you very graciously sharing your adverse childhood experiences with us, yes. then um, what happened from high school and then beyond to get you where you
1: are? So like, if you want me to be honest, yes, no, we yes. want honesty. So, like,
2: like within, So you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be <laughs> right, used against right, you in a car. Like, just make sure that you know that. And we're good.
1: So the early nineties, so you figure the late eighties into the early nineties when I was becoming, you know, a, a, an older teenager and an adult, that was a huge time for the for the cop movies, the nineties action. Oh
0: flicks. yeah,
2: Lethal Weapon,
1: Lethal Weapon. More importantly, Die Hard, Point Break.
2: Oh my oh, God, I loved. It. Yeah. I just watched the original, which is the best one the other day. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Keanu, Ree- Johnny, Montana, Johnny Utah. Johnny, I don't Utah. know why I said Montana. That's yeah. a porno. Johnny
0: Utah.
1: Yeah. U- <laughs> is it?
2: I mean, I don't know. Oh. I was guessing. Oh,
0: is <laughs> like. I, I have seen that one. I have I seen no that idea. One. <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> so yeah, so point break, I went and watched it in the theater and at the beginning it's raining. I don't, you guys probably know the movie, but mm-hmm. it's raining and he's on the, uh, fire, um, doing firearms training on the range and he's all wet and shit and he puts gum in his mouth and he's like blasting shit. And at the end, the instructor's like hundred percent Utah. And he like raises his, you know, thumbs up or some shit. And during that they're showing, uh, the Patrick Swayze character, Bodie surfing. And I'm like okay, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Sir? I'm, well, no, no, <laughs> that's what
2: shoot at surfers. No, first. no.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be, you know, um, like this handsome looking Keanu Reeves, dude, which I'm not, um,
2: <laughs> there's always time.
1: And, um, and, uh, I would shoot shit in the rain. I would just like, and so that's kind of part of it. The other part is, as I got older, I was not a well behaved child. <gasps> I'm shocked. Uh, yeah, yes. It
2: is. Strangely, when children are exposed to trauma, they don't always <laughs> react like a, the quote-unquote good kids do. It's weird.
1: My mother's nickname for me was the instigator.
2: <laughs> and it hasn't changed, Would, correct? When you say it
0: like that with the deep voice. <laughs> instigator. I, I think that that should be your nine uh, eight hundred number. Right?
2: Also, handle. wouldn't you swipe right on yeah. Tinder for the, the, instigator.
0: Instigator. the instigator? No, the <laughs> one that... Instagram. I can't even get that low. I'm I'm gonna, to, you're going to have to, to smoke a good problems. pack. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, so that it was is. my mother's
1: nickname. I was, I just, uh, uh, I couldn't behave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like to do bad things. I like to misbehave. I like to, to break things. And I would say, what are jump? bad things for you? Well, because like, for
2: me, bad things were like, I wrote in a crayon on the wall.
1: Oh, no, no. I, I I mean, like, I love to drive fast. Um One time when I was a kid, um, some...
2: Hold on. How old are you again? I'm 50. Yeah, the statute of limitations run. Oh, yeah. No,
1: no, we're good. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He's fine.
1: So, like, for example, one time when I was a kid, I had these dudes that were kind of douchebags that lived around the corner from me, and I hear their car coming, and they go by our mailbox, and they knock it off with a baseball bat. Mm. So I get in my mother's, uh, whatever, let's say 1977 Buick LeSabre.
2: Of course it is. Uh,
1: It was a maroon tank. And I got in it, and I drove down to their house, and I ran over their mailbox.
0: Just took it out.
1: Just took it out, and then came back and parked like nothing happened.
0: That's called karma.
1: <laughs> and so then the the dad comes down and goes, uh, and he, we called him. Uh, his, his name was Verl, and he mumbled, and he's like, b- "So he he went b- b- broke my mailbox." And so my mom and I'm upstairs. I'd already went back upstairs and everything, and I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> And eventually there's I no got cameras. Caught. But like I would just randomly I mean, I, I committed some thefts. There there may have been some petty larcenies, some shoplifting, you know, maybe some illegal entries. Um
2: And this is all in your early um teenage early middle teens. Yeah. So you're you're one of those cops, and again, I'm not meaning to generalize, but you were gonna end up on one side of the bars or the other. You can have used your powers for good or evil well, at that yeah. point.
1: And I joke about it, but it's not really a joke. Long story short, uh I either had to become a cop or go to prison.
0: I think you chose wisely. <laughs> I think I, I, mean, I did truly. too. I also think that it just makes you a better cop that you've been through that and have those experiences so that you empathize more. You can treat your suspects, your the people that you're dealing with, the public, with more humanity, more empathy, because you've been in their shoes before, right? Yep. But just to touch a little bit how on your saying childhood trauma and whatnot, why... Why do you think that you made those choices? Did it make you feel in control or powerful or what was, you know, obviously your frontal lobe not fully developed yet. You're still
2: working on it. You're still
1: working on it. No,
0: I meant that like now. Like obviously your frontal lobe still not fully developed. No, plus Because you're a man. No, I'm just kidding. No, But
1: we get dumber as we get older, believe it or not.
0: Oh, no we live with I men. think we, we get, believe we it. know that I think
1: we get easier to deal with because we become kindler and gentler as we get older yes. but, okay but yeah. we continue to be really dumb
0: yeah you know there's a balance <laughs> we you need women women need men yes. I mean honestly you know right. it, it, it's the yin and yang we I I hear you but did it was there do you think a, a reason why you were drawn to that of
1: yeah because the only time my brain slows down is when there's complete chaos okay. It's the only trauma time brain. things yeah. make sense.
2: Yeah, he does. I think he does have a trauma brain. But again, just we talk about resiliency often too. And there's, I, I jokingly said, "Used your power for good instead of evil." But it's a real thing. What I mean from that is that other kids who had the same trauma as you would have gone to, could have gone to prison or, or led a and certain lifestyle have, and probably right, have, right. You were resilient enough or perhaps had at least one or two other people in your life that were supportive that could help lead you in the right direction. And, and my,
1: yeah. And, 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 and your mom and my mother. Yeah. Most of my good qualities come from my mother. So it was enough of a balance that I, I, it works.
0: As long as it's not that deep voice that comes from your mom. We will knock no. each other out at some point here, by the no. way. We keep moving in at the same
1: time. Uh, the the, uh, the uh, uh, deep voice comes from my father. His was even do- uh, deeper due to the fact he was a heavy smoker. Oh. But... Yeah.
2: Yeah. Wes isn't a smoker. This is just his. voice. This is just my, just my voice. West. Like, like I said, I feel like Casey Kasem is lost his job years oh, yeah. ago. If this guy yep. would have been around, oh, so you were actually a relatively good student because you got into a good college. Yeah, I was
1: smart. I, I mean, I, I. You I, are you smart. Still are. I still am. <laughs> um, I mean, I was like, a... I wasn't like a four pointer, but I was. Me either. I was mid threes to high, depending. I mean, yeah. I did if it was something I was I was interested in, like the law enforcement stuff. Yeah. Um, I almost flunked a botany class because I thought it was going to be easy. Well, it's plants. And it, it's it's not easy. It's science with plants. No. 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 You
2: can't talk to a plant and convince it to do something.
0: Well, I've tried.
1: It, yeah. So stuff like that. And I took like a anthropology course and I sucked at that too.
0: Really? Okay. Actually, Can I tell you a fun fact? Ikea recently did a study that if you tell your plant how stupid and ugly it is, it will die no compared way. to the plants that you tell how great they are.
2: If I'm telling my plant how stupid and awful I am with it, will it also choose suicide? Because I kill them. They all die after I assist yeah, them. It might be you. I am the Jack Kevorkian of plant yeah. care.
0: You're oh. the problem. Yeah. I, yeah. Know,
2: I know this about myself. Mm-hmm. I but Yeah, have to that's a real plants.
0: study that IKEA actually
1: did.
2: I mean, there's a lot a- of legal plants <laughs> these days.
1: <laughs> well, By that's anyway, true.
0: <laughs>
2: Talk to them. Tell uh, them yeah. they're pretty. And then pick one. That's the redheaded stepchild and plant and just it be like, like, shit, like yeah. you're, exactly. You're, I, this yeah. is a great experiment.
0: They did it as an anti-bullying campaign. Really? Oh, mm-hmm. I like, like I would be that. like,
1: oh, hey, plant, how you doing? You look so awesome. They don't want yes. to be like, your leaves suck. Yeah. I mean, just.
0: That's literally what they did. They took one plant and, just and they just treated it like shit. It shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wes,
1: <laughs> in the interest of science. Yes.
2: Can you treat one plant like shit? treat one plant really sweet, and then the third plant, can you talk like super dirty to it on a I regular basis? I want to see what happens. Right.
0: Blossoms? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm.
1: well, I'm going to go get some plants. This
2: one just became an aloe plant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rub it all over my
0: body. Purring at it. <laughs> see,
2: life. I think maybe, now I want to try an experiment too.
0: <laughs> we all could. Tell everybody where you went to college.
1: Uh, I went to college at Michigan State. Go green. That's right. That's I started right. out at Jackson Community College, you which led was awesome. him to
2: that. On I purpose. did because he's another Sparty fan. <laughs> yep. I'm knuckling this go guy green. across mm-hmm. the table. Go white. You're yeah. a U of M fan over here. Yes. Does the U of M even have a criminal justice program?
1: I don't think so.
2: I think if you go to U of M, you <laughs> intended to be a lawyer, not yeah. a law enforcement yeah. officer.
1: You're going to be a defense attorney.
0: They have awesome medical programs that save everybody's lives. So does MSU.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's why, that's why I, I always
1: enjoy. say that I have a Michigan State sweatshirt because I went to school there. Me too. Most people have a U of M sweatshirt because they shop at Walmart. Oh, oh.
0: I'm so, are you I'm about so regretting your decision? Um, I was going to say I'm a U of M fan because they have saved my husband's life numerous times. Wow. So now how do you assholes feel about that?
1: I feel absolutely
0: uh-huh. Five open heart surgeries there. Uh huh. Wow. I just feel like
2: he's lucky.
1: Go, go. <laughs> I mean, he is He
0: married me. Yes.
1: <laughs> go uh, that, go that blue.
2: Also. <laughs> go gold. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing blue. Yeah. All right. So tell us about uh, Michigan state university. Then did you um, intend to study criminal justice when you went there? Or was that I started, undecided freshman? No,
1: I started right out in lo- in law enforcement. Um, so, again, I started at Jackson. Um, first two years there, uh, then went to state, um, and again, always a focus on the on the criminal justice. So,
2: and so, four years at MSU, then
1: uh, two at Jackson, two at MSU, and finished with your bachelor's with, degree. And is bachelor's. your
2: degree actually a a bachelor's of arts or a bachelor's of it, science it in is, criminal justice?
1: Yes, it is a bachelor's of. Social science with an emphasis on law enforcement, All or right. criminal justice.
2: Great! So, you graduate from MSU, and then do you like go right out and get your first law enforcement job, or how did that work?
1: So, that was an interesting year. I uh, I graduated from college, um, 19. Holy, shit! I gotta think, 1994.
2: That's when you graduated from college. That's when I graduated so from college. So, you're a titch older than I am, I t- yeah.
1: So, um Graduated, got married, started the police academy at Lansing Community College, the Mid Michigan Police Academy, uh, in August. Uh, that ran from August to November. Found out my wife was pregnant in December. Um,
2: that was baby one. That was
1: baby number one. Uh, so then I so I officially got my first cop job in April of 1995. Started working part time for Hudson Police Department, and then I started working for part-time from Marincy's Police Department.
2: Okay. So, and you were living in our county, but traveling there to work?
1: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, I moved back, you know, I, for whatever reason, and maybe it's not, I mean, some people, oh, Hillsdale. Um, but I, this is the only place I've ever felt at home.
2: So you're fine with the small-time
1: cop vibe? Oh, I love it
2: when you started in your law enforcement career, then actually had those first couple of part-time jobs and such, did you have additional aspirations? Like, were you thinking, I want to do this type of thing? I want to study, you know, evidence or to be a detective or were you just fine being a beat cop at that point?
1: I was just fine. I mean, I was, I was young. I, I mean, I started copping when I was 23 and I think that I was just kind of enamored with the whole thing. And there wasn't a lot going on in the smaller towns. Which was okay, because I was kind of learning, because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, and back then, there was no such thing as field training officer programs. And I'm glad
0: you pointed that out. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so basically, and even with the sheriff's office, I mean, I'll go to the sheriff's office, you know. Um, when I first started here, I rode with uh, Dave Meyer, who you guys probably remember. He was uh, a hell of a road cop. Hell of a detective. Hell of a detective. Just a good dude. Um, I rode for him for like two weeks, and then the lieutenant, or I think he was a sergeant at the time, says, you ready to be on your own? And I'm like, I shook my head yes, but inside I'm like, no, no. no."
0: (laughs) Two weeks.
1: Yeah, it was only like two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm out on my own on second shift. I decided I'd never been to Montgomery, Michigan before. And I drove down and it was like foggy and I got scared. Um, you
2: realized why you'd never been to yeah, Montgomery. Yeah. It's foggy. He's in a cop car. He's carrying a gun right. and he is nervous. And I'm nervous. Like the, yeah. Point this but out. But
1: One of my calls in that first two weeks all by myself. And I didn't get there first, but I was en route to a domestic where the suspect had an axe. And I'm like, what in the fuck am I going to do when I get there? I mean, like it just.
0: Truly. yeah,
1: Yeah. So, is that the first call that scared the shit out of you as a police officer? Probably. I'd had some other little things, like I'd been in some pursuits and fights and stuff, but that was the first one where it felt like really real. Like
2: like I can't believe they're letting me do this yeah, job,
1: like, like me, I'm yeah. in charge of this? Yeah, like I'm driving 100 miles an hour, I got a gun, and I'm talking on the radio, and I'm about to deal with a dude with an axe, and I'm like, How do you shit. deal with a dude with an axe? Right. Yeah. And, and it turned out well to where, I, like I was a second or third officer on scene, and th- there was a very brief... Standoff per se, where he then put the axe down and, and was, you know, placed under arrest. But De-escalated. some verbal negotiation, right, de escalation. Yeah. Like, but drop were it, you involved? I mean, <laughs> <that's, yeah. laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. So, yeah. not in
2: terms of de escalation, yeah. it was more of yeah. a command. Yeah. You made a request. It and made he complied. It right. They yeah. com- He complied. Was that your request or was that somebody else's request? I think
1: every most cops, for whatever reason, I read this in a book once too. Um, uh, Wamba, Joseph Wamba, I don't know if you've ever did the Onion Field and. But he discusses the fact that when cops give verbal commands, uh, you don't necessarily know what they're saying, other than it ends with "motherfucker." Okay. So, and I apologize if I'm using the word "motherfucker." No, and is
2: mind. "motherfucker" like a verb or noun, or it is it just kind of universal? One of okay.
1: Yeah. Which and and unbeknownst to me, I think it's not just a law enforcement word. I think it's a military word also. Oh. oh. Yeah. My My father was a huge fan. one of his favorite phrases was like the house could blow up and you would look at it and you go, well, ain't that a motherfucker?
0: So, yes. <laughs> all the different ways you yeah. can use it. So yeah.
1: so yeah. But so no, yeah, I guess to get back to it, you know, all, all of my training was on the job, like literally learning it while you were doing it. Mm-hmm. And you learned. So after my brief stint, I only worked like a couple three weeks by myself and then schedule changed. Then I went to nights and I'm working with these old dudes. Um, you know, the, the, and the cops at that time who were my age now had been, you know, they were military veterans. They were big. They were burly. Um, so.
2: They had their own brand of justice. They,
1: yes, they did. Um, I mean, these guys were bone breakers, you know, and. and but, th-
2: but at the same time, these same guys who I happen to know, too, are also the guys who would be like, okay. I'm on this MIP party. We're just calling everybody's parents so you can go home. Like, they weren't necessarily out to jam, yeah, no. jam people up either. They no, could, like, They made right decisions. Like
1: what I used to do when we go to an MIP, because you don't want to deal with that bullshit. So, <laughs> what you do is you scream into the driveway with every light siren that you can come up with. And then, as the kids run into the field, you bark like, you go, rawr, 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 so <laughs> they think it's a canine. <laughs> and you can just, oh, shit. No. Yeah. And you could just hear them fucking running through the corn. So, yeah. It was so real
0: it made my dog <laughs> bark. <laughs> big dog, big dog bite me.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, but no, these I mean like I said, these dudes were bone breakers. Like they were they would take care of business, but they were also kind and funny and, and care, you know and so that's kind of where I learned a lot of my skills was from watching them and being with them on calls. And as you, I, as I became more confident in my job I realized that just because you'd been in law enforcement a long time didn't necessarily mean you knew what the hell you were doing. So, you, you know, mm-hmm. so you started to kind of gain your own confidence and take what worked for you and and, you know, and things that didn't that, you know, you, you just kind of kept, kept to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but very early in my career, um, I'd been a cop four years um, when I went into dope. Um, I worked for Omni, the multi-jurisdictional. He didn't team. do. Dope. I didn't. Yeah. He was. I didn't do drugs. I was a drug it. officer. A uh, yes.
2: multi-jurisdictional <laughs> drug team.
1: Yes, and and honestly, that is probably where I learned most of my skills because it'll being undercover and plain clothes allowed you to have to be a cop without all the, all the other fancy stuff. Like you didn't have the uniform, you didn't have the the car, you didn't, you know. And so you kind of learned to talk to people more on a on a on a natural level. Um, so I learned a, a lot doing that. So um, I did, did that. you like
2: working in narcotics?
1: I would have done it my entire career if I could. That have. That was
2: my next question. So you and, and I don't know if our listeners know this, but there's a, there's a time limit on working as a narcotics enforcement officer. There really is.
1: Yeah, our, at the time it was like um, our, I think our, our max was three years. Um, I,
2: and is that because you gain notoriety in the drug communities or is it for burnout or a combination? A
1: combination. Back then, uh, um, we did a lot more, um, undercover purchases. So eventually you would get burned, but also the burnout because I mean, uh, we work so multi jurisdictional. So we worked Hillsdale and, and Lenaway County. Meth was not a big thing yet. It was mostly crack, especially in Adrian. So it wasn't unusual for us to do three, four, five search warrants a week, where you're kicking in doors and shit. So it's a blast if you have a good crew. We I had a great crew to start out. My crew at the end was was okay, but my first crew, I mean, we were just tight, and it's just a blast. But you eventually get burned out.
2: So how long did you work in that particular position? I did
1: that for two and a half years,
2: and then after that, you went back to regular.
1: I went back. Road to, patrol. Yes. The the the. Hope was that I was going to go into the detective bureau for many different reasons. That didn't work out, so I ended up back on the road.
2: Now you did end up in another narcotics enforcement team, though.
1: Yes. Um,
2: when was was that about? It was when I was at the prosecutor's office. Was so say, was it, it was a, when I was? We worked one. together. So, we all worked mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Just so you guys all know that.
1: For some reason, in my head, I want to say like 2010, and I don't know if that's that right. might be about right.
0: Yeah, because I started in 2011.
1: Okay, so So, yeah, yeah. right around then. So, so my, my, well, he's my captain now, Kevin. He went in after me, and they actually left him in for six years, which was unusual. It's just kind of, it was, it just, but it was kind of the way. Um, he had come out, we had actually cut our ties with Omni over financial, political, contractual issues, money. money, It's always money. So, who doesn't
2: have it to contribute, right?
1: Mm -hmm. So, so we initially had started, tried to start our, our our own thing. I was not initially involved. I will not name names, but uh, when I came out of Omni, it was kind of a rough rough year. We call it the Black Year, two thousand two. Um, <laughs> right. And I was told by a uh, administrator at the time, again, no names, um, that I would never, ever, ever, ever see a drug team again. Oh, right. Um, not, I again. I, I mean. And maybe not something to get into today, but that just,
2: The person no longer works there. Correct. But it was
1: just, it was a rough time. Um, but so-
2: And it was, and just so you know, it's a rough time, but it was also a necessary program. And and again, I'm coming at this from a prior prosecutorial perspective. I mean, we we enjoyed our, our drug guys mm-hmm. because um, your case volume was increasing. And not because they were drumming up business at the time. It was because it was out there and there were actually com- cases coming in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to name names. I mean, the names are what: Rosie, Trigger, Sugar, Drug Kitty. Yeah, like yeah, those are yeah. those are the husband. Yeah, those yeah. are the names. So but yeah. So basically. Oh, we'll- guess which one Drug Kitty is. By the way, that would be this guy.
1: Yeah. So
0: I figured that he's gonna have Kitty. Behind
1: so I feel like I at least
2: have to tell the story. Let's yeah. entertain the audience. Yeah, there's west. a
1: story behind that. I imagine. So I had for I'm not sure why on the road I had ended up with this kitten. Like this old lady called. I'm not
0: sure why. I just ended up with a kitten with a voice like this. You know, there's going to be a. Right. Yeah.
1: Here,
0: kitty, (laughs)
1: kitty,
2: kitty, kitty. uh, Get in the car.
1: (laughs) So I end up with this stray kitten that this old lady had or something. And I'm just driving around with it. I don't know why. Just to amuse myself. Um, Like, because when I would talk on the radio and meow and shit, I was just having a blast. (laughs) (laughs) And so I rolled by these dudes um, who I knew were dopers and shit. And they're like, what's that? I go, that's my drug kitty. They're like, bullshit. I go, no, not bullshit. You probably don't know this, but cats can actually sense drugs better than dogs, right? <laughs> and I said, and if my kitty meows, that means you have drugs, right? <laughs> and thank God. I don't remember if I pinched. I don't know if you can pinch a kitty and it meows. You can pinch a kitty. But somehow I was <laughs> able.
0: meow. I, and also a cat. <laughs> I was
1: able, I was able to elicit a meow from this cat. And these fucking dudes freak out and run, right? <laughs> so that's the story there. Drug kid I eventually, you know. somewhere around that time, I got a call from a, uh, a supervisor. said, what are you doing? I go, I'm working. Well, what is it I hear on the radio? I said, that's a cat. <laughs> Why do you have a cat? And I explained the story. they I like, get rid of the fucking cat. So I took it to the shelter. And <laughs> I house.
0: like how you say it. Well, I have a cat. Like <laughs> yes. it's a total normal thing well, yeah. for you to have a cat. I'm just, I'm
2: glad you're an animal lover. And yes, you I love you helped that cat. It was like a job shadow. Like that cat Correct. is going to have a great future yeah. someplace.
1: The
0: drug kitty. So that's the where Drug kitty. kitty come from. Can I give you my favorite Wes story from when you were back in the drug team okay circa 2011 oh, 2012 we've had so many yeah. good times together Wes but m- my favorite is the approximately 3 a.m out in a trailer in uh oh gosh what does our our uh Old Supervisor Riley called Frontier. 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 That's yep. what she calls it. We were just frontier. Out, we
1: were just outside of Frontier.
2: That would yep. be spelled Frontier as in the Western Frontier, <laughs> but in Michigan, it's Frontier. It's Frontier.
0: Frontier. <laughs> and I got a, I was on call, got a complaint that involved drug use, so we have to call in the drug the team. Drug team. And they met me, and Wes is always great because he's one of the police officers that I loved taking with me because if there was someone nefarious, he would actually step in front of me, like, "Hey, I recognize that this this person does not have a gun, and I actually am a person with a gun." Yes. Not all the deputies were like no. that. No, lots not of lot. lots of no, them, like,
1: they'd send a ninety pound girl up the door. And it's like, what the
2: fuck are 100% you doing, Hundred percent, yeah. all the time. now. In their defense, it does look like she's selling Girl Scout cookies, oh, right, right, so yeah, they might not right. come out shooting. But yeah,
1: right.
0: There were many times where they'd say, "Well, this is your case." Yeah, well, it's like,
1: their complaint. Uh, yeah, but oh, you're the one okay. With the gum. You're the gun, dumbass. Right, so come on. Right,
0: so yes, on those cases, I always would look at them and be like, "Cool, you, I can, I know how big your penis is." Cool. <laughs> so. I take Wes in. It's about approximately 3 a.m. And there's... She's got... Didn't she have the needle, like, in her arm when we walked in? It was...
1: <laughs> she it was, was more or less in the process. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, they're doing their searching. All right? I'm doing my social working, talking to them about how we're going to have to take these children right. as they are clearly incapacitated. And and uh, all of a sudden, Wes calls me to the back bedroom. And him and his... BFF, who he named earlier, are enthralled in what can only be described as a vault. Uh, A vault. A vault. A vault. Because it was in, it was the most secure thing in the entire trailer, as a matter of fact, um, of pornography. A lot, yeah. not just any pornography. There was many books and videos on necrophilia.
1: That's weird shit.
0: And we may or may not have glanced while we were searching i'm not a part of the search you team. have to
2: make an accurate report
0: but I, <laughs> yes i needed my social work notes to be detailed and they were <laughs> they were let me tell you that's that's one of my fondest memories and then i think it was only like a week later and i took him out to cambria and the scary apartments out there and he was like charnel you always take me to the nicest places oh yeah
1: the haunted the that old, we've got to start
2: going on better dates
1: yes the old, yeah that, the old that one insane, was terrifying yeah, mm-hmm. that place oh scary. the asylum yeah yeah. When it blew up from the meth lab, the, the He's not joking. It really did. Mm-hmm. Somebody was using a yeah. red pea method, right? It, uh, and, and blowed shit up. It was Or was uh, it, it was the, was the a one pot. Was a p- p- it a one p- p- okay? And they were like in a bathroom, they had towels and shit. So it, it basically built up a combustible gas and when he went to burp the bottle, it boom. Mm. He burned his throat like he literally had a uh the outline of a two-liter bottle on his, on his T-shirt chest. that it burned.
2: And oh it gosh. kind of burns you from the inside out yeah, with a meth burn, too. Yeah. Like, you can oh. see it externally, but it's burning from yeah. the inside out, like Satan's crawling through your skin yeah. or a Sigourney Weaver-style situation. in the
1: hallway windows, and we found a piece of glass embedded in the, in the, in the, in the uh, lawn, where it had basically spiraled and stuck into the ground about 40 yards that away.
2: That is terrifying. Wow. Luckily, nobody got hurt right. other than Neighbors, the, the, like you wonder meth why meth thing. labs are so dangerous, yeah. right? <laughs> but projectiles right. were something you might not but, have thought so about. So
1: there's a yeah. third floor there that they, that's they that been locked off for years, and I, I had always convinced myself that it was haunted. So You're the, not wrong. So the entire time we're out there, they're doing their shit, I would periodically take my light to, oh, look, yeah. to see what if Plus, could.
0: flashlight was all over the place oh, yeah, on that property. Oh, yeah, to see if
1: yeah, so. Well, but, and
0: why were we never there in the daylight? Those calls only no, ever came not. in, and the you dark. would
1: hear shit. You would hear mm-hmm. doors creak. You would hear people yelling. You would mm-hmm. hear running. It was just
0: weird. It was wild, man. I hated those.
2: So you did all this stuff on the drug teams, which we're all familiar with. But I don't want people to, to I don't want you to gloss over the fact that you also did a ton of um, child sex crime investigations and um, forcible rapes. Like you were investigating those, yeah. and that was pre you being a. I mean, you weren't a detective I at was that not, point. No, you I were was doing this a as a field officer. I um.
1: I'm not sure how I ended up with that. Other than I mean, you were good at it. I was good at it. I had done a brief stint in the in the detective bureau while um, one of the other detectives was off with a soldier's shoulder. Shoulder. Oh, it's so soldier. hard. To Words say. are yeah, hard. Shoulder. We know. Uh, and like they ended up sending me to the child forensic interviewing, um, and I just turned out I was really good at it. And and in our theory or our department's theory is, well, we send everybody the training, then they have to take them. And my theory was, well, some of the guys really suck at it. Right. So why do that?
2: Just because you've been trained in yeah. it doesn't mean yeah. you should be doing it. Right, this. just
1: because you, yeah. Um,
2: I, for example, was trained in law school to do taxes. I took tax law, but I don't fucking do my own, okay? There's a reason for this. Some most, of them are because they don't want to go to federal prison.
1: Most cops, and I, and I would say even male and female, but honestly, you know, not to make it a huge issue, but definitely male cops have a real hard time with female victims. And I think, sure. yeah. Um, you do not. I do not.
2: And young child victims yeah. also.
1: Yeah. So I just, I, I and I'll be honest, I, I feel like the, I had a real gift for it. And and again, does it suck? Oh, it sucks big time. It's right. horrible. Those are the ones, I mean, of, of a lot of the stuff that I've dealt with that, the child sexual cases and abuse are probably the shit that haunts me the most. Sure
2: yeah, I don't think people realize you do uh, you did a ton of homicide investigation too. Yeah, we worked yeah. on a number of homicides yep. together prior to my current position. and um the CSC and the child oh, abuse, yeah. the broken baby cases, those are always harder for hands. some reason than the homicides. No, do you agree? Down,
1: I agree. Even now, like I'm a member of our um of the county's child death investigation team. Mm-hmm. And even when we 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 investigate those which nine times out of ten are not a criminal act,
2: they're usually accidents. They're usually
1: accidents yes. or medical reason. I mean, they're abs- it just tears you apart. It just tears you apart.
0: No, I have to agree because the—I'm the same way. the The child death, uh, a lot of it for us in in our position is unsafe sleep. It's Correct. accidental. Um, those are easier to understand than dealing with the child sexual abuse yeah and the broken baby cases
2: yeah. broken where you babies, just can't yeah. help but want to completely yep. lose your shit on the person who perpetrated yep. that crime but i've seen you do Explain invest what you mean by broken baby oh god i'm so sorry i'm using lingo right yep. so those are your child abuse cases where you literally have an intentional or an, an act that was so negligent mm-hmm. that you're criminally responsible that resulted in a broken bone bruises other serious type of injuries to a child say under the age of five mm-hmm. yeah um, and
0: typically, even children that aren't mobile,
1: Correct. often not able mobile. To, like I had a four-month-old with a, a broken a leg. Yeah, um, what was a, was a result of the baby not behaving during um having its diaper changed right sure. and somebody mm-hmm. kind of jammed its leg or they apply pressure or they apply pressure yep. you know yeah. broke you know skull fractures and we've had bruised, non
2: so. non-mobile babies um who uh I, you and i had were on that case together as well where the guy kept trying to say that he had just dropped a remote on his face and that's what caused all those bruisings and i think a minor skull fracture Correct. and luckily you testified well and explained what what was told to you because all that comes out you know right. a voluntary confession what you saw the scene but also then the expert saying oh no it could have been from a remote if you had dropped it from a two-story building onto his face <laughs> yeah, yeah like those are the aha moments right. where we sat there yeah. thinking yeah we've got this we've got this nailed and, and
1: it's you know and it's it's difficult because as you guys know from your careers you're you're sitting across from let's be honest a complete piece of shit mm-hmm. and all you want to do is make them unalive i mean let's be right. honest and um you and have, we're not allowed to. And we're we have not to allowed to be professional. There's, there's so many and act like and, we give a shit about and, and, right. how their day's right. going. And yeah. so you have to, you know, you have to be able to not treat them like shit to get what you want, yes. so that you can yes. put them in prison or make them held accountable. So
0: you know what I found as twisted as this is, but as a female who looks unintimidating, I it, don't
2: have that problem.
0: It you no no, but you can lay on the sugar a little bit and you'd be surprised at what men especially will think that they're turning you on by talking about.
2: Oh, I, you, you and I have had this happen on multiple occasions. You wouldn't believe what happens even just going into court with some of, some of these people. So I'm sure sure Wes has had, well, first of all, I happen to know that Wes has had issues with this in the field as well with uh, women um, flirting with him. While at work or He's being very investigated, I see why. I'm not the yeah. most,
1: yeah. Uh, badge bunnies. Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh, thank you, sir. Um, I, I just appreciate, it. and they would like touch your arm and. Oh like, my god! Not don't anything. say that. I, I know. I touch,
2: I touch people when I talk to them, sure. now What do people think about day. me? Yeah, no, but I it was do. Just, he just has me completely yeah, second it, guessing my entire life. I like talk to people I just met and touch their arm, their yeah. shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I'll cup their hand. <laughs>
0: Hand, hands, right. their
1: hands. But you, you know, yeah, there was those situations, you know.
0: I think you can, you can feel the difference between, like, you know how doctors are taught to, like, do a caring hand on yes. the shoulder. Yes. Yeah. There's a difference between, like, genuine, like, "thank you so much," and, like, "thank you so much, sir." And right? You, the, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That you I can mean, feel I, the difference.
1: I was, I was young, I because I was still working in Marinci, and I actually, for whatever reason, we caught some kids at an MIP, and this gal she was attractive a mom no 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 she was a, like uh oh. a, like a, uh <laughs> like not 18 or 19 oh
2: okay and, and you're only
1: 23 and, right and i'm writing her oh, the okay. ticket yeah. i'm writing her the ticket and i and and she puts her hand on my leg and she goes is there anything i can do to not get this ticket <gasps> oh and i you know i was happily married at the make time a and, choice, a, and a, a complete choice. square and i'm like no ma'am i mean i was just like serious is <laughs> a heart attack right no, the law is the law. You're getting a minor in possession ticket or some bullshit like that. It reminds that. me
2: of the joke. Have you seen the joke where the police officer pulls over the lady and she's all cleavagey and whatever, and he comes over to give her the ticket. And she goes, I thought you didn't give hot women tickets. And he goes, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I'm
1: that's glad you knew funny. the joke. Yeah. In, in a lot of To
2: me, that's law enforcement ethics 101. Yeah,
1: it's mm-hmm. it should be pretty obvious.
2: Yeah, you, you have to. You know, we get a lot of... Um, We get a lot of bad police work. Uh, We get a lot of um, cases where realistically it's not maybe even bad police work, but it's just that lack of training piece. And you're in a small town, which is real similar to cases that we deal with where we have some ineffective police work, at least from our perspective. And we're very careful about how we characterize it, but it's also pretty obvious. How do you become good at something when you only get two homicides a year in a county like this? Like how and the
0: resources are limited.
2: Yeah. How do you How do you do this? And even if there's nothing formal put together, because yeah. I don't think there is, how do you get good at it? Or is this just natural? Do you just get lucky with a good cop?
1: Um, I think I think that the the bottom line, the basis is someone who's naturally a good cop. And, and 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 honestly, it sounds like when people think of a homicide or they think of a sexual assault case, sometimes they think they get overwhelmed just by the mere fact of what it is. Yes. Which in reality, it's kind of the same as far as how you investigate it as, a, a, you know, somebody getting their mailbox smashed or like... Right. The The, steps should be the same. The steps are always kind of sort of the same. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if you have good skills with someone, let's say, you know, in a child custody agreement, you know, you're a dispute or you're a peace officer standby or a domestic or whatever it is, if you've got good skills in those type of of investigations, there's no reason you can't then put those towards more serious investigations. Mm
0: -hmm. Right.
1: Because, you know, in most things, and it's what I always do, you know, because I trained for a long time. Um, was a field training officer, one of the things I would always say is nine times out of ten, once you get the situation held down, you can slow down and figure out what the hell you're going to do. And that's a big part.
2: Dealing with... Victims is super important. Um, and we speak a lot with victims' families on here and even have interviewed them in cases. And m- the ones that we've interviewed usually have had the same issue where there's been police investigation. And sometimes it's not bad police investigation, Wes, but it's just led a certain way. I mean, there's investigation bias.
1: Oh correct. Right? Yes, there is. very much so, so
2: you decide that something's happened and so those are the things you're going to find. Have you ever had a situation where a victim's family has come to you and said, "Listen, I understand that the evidence is leading you this way, but can you please consider this other information I have?"
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, no, I mean that's happened a hundred, a thousand I mean probably a thousand times.
2: And then uh, and then what happens with it? Like are you a cop? Are you a police officer who's willing to cop? look into that? Well, I'll say cop, but sometimes some people don't like it. I mean, are are you a cop that is willing to, to look into their...
1: Yeah, because, in, 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 you know, and in, in, in especially Chanel from DHS, you know, with like the... Um, the, you know, forensic interview and whatnot, there's always that alternative hypothesis. Right.
2: We yes. talk about that a lot. So, Explain that, though, from your perspective, so, what, the, what the alternative you, hypothesis seeking is.
1: So, and especially, I guess, if I kind of try to tie it in with, with, with victims and victims' families, there's almost always, like, what actually happened, and then there's some theories of how it could have happened or maybe that it happened completely different. My thought is, as, as a law enforcement officer, you don't do your due diligence unless you explore those other avenues.
0: And we, by policy, are required Correct. to. Mm-hmm. Correct.
1: Correct. Um, unfortunately, again, in law enforcement, especially with sexual abuse huh. cases, you often have uh, victim blaming. Very amongst often. officers, yeah,
0: we we talk about. Well, that she only. wanted it. No,
1: there's no okay. way. Like for example, you know, and just the way I talk, I had one where uh, a girl was for uh, forced to perform fellatio on on two men, and and my sergeant at the times like, you can't force somebody to suck your dick.
2: Sure you can. I'm she like, can. but that's an old time mentality. Right. I'm not even yeah. super judgmental of him. And this How- dude wasn't
1: old; he was just a fucking idiot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but, okay.
2: Yeah. Okay. In the interest of honesty, today we have.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, this but, is
0: why we invited him on because yeah, we knew but, he would be honest.
1: But you know, and and that's something like I, I used to. Yeah, I, that's something that I has always irritated the living piss out of me. Well, she wanted it. You know. Oh, she's just reporting it like.
2: Oh, this isn't going to be a good case because it might have been a consensual thing to yeah, start off with. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, again, you can – I mean, I've had them where I've been able to prove this. Yeah, it started out consensual. Then it went sideways. Right. But most people are like, oh, she wanted it. Okay. So, yeah, so no. so I. Do you
2: think they're training police officers different now? Oh, God. What a loaded question, right? Yeah, that's
1: a loaded question. Uh, Yes, I think they are. I think they are in
2: bigger cities where they have more resources. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that because of things, which I totally agree with, um, because of some of the bad policing – Agencies with the ability to train or educate better are doing that, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in rural in rural law enforcement, I'll be honest, I think in most cases because of budgetary issues, um, you're going to have offices that are naturally good at it, yeah. and you're not going to have the ability to train guys that maybe suck at it, but at least if you gave them the training, they could half-ass it. And,
0: okay. okay. It. I mean, yeah. does that no, make sense? it does. It absolutely yeah. does because – it points to the bigger problem of the budgeting. Yes, is the bigger problem, and hopefully, the people that are naturally good at it, the people who suck at it, can learn from the people who right, are good right. at it, as long as their ego doesn't get right. in the way.
1: And in bigger places too, you know, I mean, let's take let's take a, a Jackson, maybe not big, big, but bigger than we are. You know, you can be an aggressive street cop. You take a sexual assault. You basically go in, you get the information, and you leave. And then it goes to somebody who that's what it goes to do. the DB, the detectives yeah. bureau. Whereas, yeah. you know, in rural law enforcement, um, honestly, you might like, you might get a criminal sexual conduct and, and, and you can literally run the whole thing yourself without ever involving a detective. Right. If you're good at it, which, yep. and then that's great, but you know, or, 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 I mean, you're required to not just take the report. There's a lot after mm-hmm. that when you work for a smaller agency, mm-hmm. You ever been shot at? Uh, one time. It was kind of a loose. I guess we had dealt with a dude over a child custody thing, and then we had left. And then he called in a suicidal. And when we staged to go in, he winged off a few rounds with a twenty-two. Nobody got hurt or anything, but enough to make you a little nervous. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I
2: think that people often think that police get shot at all the time it's yeah it's not in 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 rural areas that sometimes could only happen once in your career right
1: yeah yeah, that's you know um
2: i i don't think i think Wes that people forget that there's other far more um serious things that can happen when you're working in law enforcement and this is where i'm just going to segue into you had something pretty serious happen to you while you were at work uh, that, yeah. that kind of led to where we are now, which I want to follow up on us. But you had something pretty significant happen to you at work. You've had a lot of number of close calls. Yeah, I I've had think. a lot. Yeah, But this was a closer call than most.
1: Yes. Um, uh, August 28, 2019, I was involved in a horrible accident while on duty. I guess to, I'll just tell it. Yeah, please okay. do. Okay. Whatever you're um, comfortable so, with. So situation also was... Also, we're available for oh, trauma therapy yeah. and hugs <laughs> after. <laughs> so yeah. for the record, before we get started, I am comfortable with all of it. I mean, I, I talk quite openly about it. Um, my family is quite aware of the... Uh, and friends are aware of the issues I deal with and all that. So I am very open and honest about the situation and, and what occurred and how it affected and continues to affect me. That night... It was about seven o'clock at night. It was a, a gorgeous summer day.
0: I remember exactly where I was. I was at the local high school watching one of my kids play in a football game and heard all of the sirens.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: It was a beautiful. It was. Night. It was. Yeah, yeah it, I remember too. It was about. This is the like. Where were you when the thing happened? Yeah. The Last
2: yes. thing anybody and, who knew. Him and, and and the was, thing is I, like, there. there's
1: people that said, "Oh, I was at the store." Somebody was at like you say. There was a couple people that were at school functions. Uh, you know, oh,
0: and news spread fast. We knew before the end of yeah. that football game that it was you. A buddy
1: of mine got the call, and he was coming back from, I think, um, uh, military reserve training. And um, he actually got stopped by the Michigan State Police, who then, I was in Fort Wayne uh, at the hospital. They actually, uh, lights and sirens, provided him um, an escort all the way to the, to, oh, to that, the hospital. To amazing. the border or all the way no, down to No, all the way Wayne? down to the wow. hospital. Wow. They tried to pick up with Indiana State Police, but they didn't have anybody. So the State Trooper, Michigan, just ran him all the way down there. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. pretty pretty fucking cool. So, yeah. um, so so basically, it's it's seven o'clock at night, sunnier in hell, uh, just a beautiful evening. And um, what's funny was a couple of the people that I work with, who were husband and wife, had um, asked they were going to do something special for the people that work second shift. They're like, hey, listen, we're going to make street tacos at our house. Anybody that's available. Come and you know we're gonna have we're gonna make lunch for or supper for you. So at the time, my wife had just started a job working third shift and uh at the youth home. I called her and I said, "Hey, you know, you want to go over and tacos?" She goes, "I don't know. You know, I'm kind of sleepy. I might take a nap." She's like, "You know what? I need to eat. I'll do that." She says, "But I'm kind of tired. Will you go to check her Records and grab me a whatever it was spice? The chai best tea. coffee. In yeah, the world. yeah, yeah, yeah." And I'm like, "Yeah." So so we drove over there. So at the time, I guess I should explain, um, I was training, uh, another officer in field training. She'd been a cop for two and a half months, not very long. Um, so she's driving, I'm the passenger. Um, so we go and get the coffee and, um, we drive back. And I remember we pulled into their driveway and their, their children came on. like, what are you doing here? And it's like, well, we're going to eat, you know, we're going to eat lunch, dinner with you guys. And and about that time, the call comes in for a verbal domestic. Just husband and wife; they were arguing. She wanted to leave, and he was being an asshole and standing behind her car. Nothing major. Um, <laughs>
2: nothing more than I what mean, he's used.
1: to. I mean, yeah.
2: See, yeah. when we start those stories, they usually end with uh, somebody yeah, dies. Yeah so, no, yeah, so for him, yeah. there are
1: nothing major. Well, and it major. almost did, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, but the right. So not who you would have anticipated. Yeah, so I, ha- I remember I handed my wife's coffee to um, uh, the little boy and said, "Hey, listen, put this in the the." Fridge for my wife. He's like, well, who's your wife? I said, you know, it's none of your business. Put a coffee in there, you know? (laughs) And I said, tell your mom and dad we got to go. So they went in. And um, so we leave and we're going, we're going, I guess, to put it into perspective, we're going, we're not driving lights and sirens. And that was a big thing at the time. All these dumbasses online well, if he was field training officer, how come he didn't just reach over and put it in park? Are you fucking kidding me? So, I mean, just dumb shit <laughs> like that. Have you been
2: a passenger in a yeah, car before? So,
1: you know, just dumb shit like that. But I very much want to clarify that we were just driving like normal people, 55 miles an hour. Um, we're headed westbound, right into the sun. And we there was a vehicle with a big trailer pulling out. So we kind of slowed down, went around that, started to speed back up. And about that time, my trainee asked me a question about the complaint. And so, to put it into perspective, at the time, um, we've now changed the policy, obviously. But at the time, uh, the computers could be could be moved so they could be directly in front of the passenger, mm-hmm. with the understanding that, like, we ran a two two man night cruise, that you know that guy could be over there doing shit on the computer and stuff while the other person driving. Sure. So I had just pulled it over, and I had opened up, I'd opened up the. Uh, Lid. Is that what you call it? Lid? A screen? It's screen? screen to look at it. And I looked down and I heard her go, oh, fuck. And I looked up and I saw a flash and then, well, bam. Now, the funny thing is, and I know you've probably heard this before. I didn't hear a fucking thing. They say that when you're in an accident, you don't hear shit. I do not remember anything um, audio until, until the vehicle came to rest. Okay. So, um, so, so that's that's
2: an instant brain trauma right there. That's yes. just you've been hit so hard you actually are losing the senses, yeah. and it's not until you quote and unquote so what, come to. What it.
1: happened? Um, you it, didn't
2: lose consciousness at that point, though, right? Or no, do, do, was, do they not know?
1: I, I, I do. You not. lost audio. I lost audio uh, uh, for a very brief. Um,
0: so in movie. Th- Movies. When this happens, you see this in scenes in movies, yes. and it's total silence it, yeah. while you stuff don't, happens. You don't hear
1: a damn thing. Interesting. It is weird as shit. Okay. I saw a flash of light. Actually, it would have been coming south, going or going northbound from the south. I saw a flash of light. To me, at the time, I remember it being a white. I believe her van was silver, but I'm, you know, uh, so long story short, what happened was, uh, unfortunately, um my trainee, because of the sun, because of the situation, missed the stop sign at an intersection. Mm-hmm. And it was a relatively, for us, rural but busy intersection, South Hillsdale Road in Bear Lake. And so as she went through the intersection, um, we T-boned another vehicle. So what, unfortunately, that's where the, the story of the uh, computer comes into play is that the fact that I had it where I had it when we struck the other vehicle, I went down and basically just above my nose is where I struck the uh, top of the uh, laptop the MDT. So that's what caused. So, um, so I guess I'll just keep rambling. Is that working?
2: Yeah, yeah. Keep rambling. Like what's, what happens now? I mean, so, you want me to forensically interview you? No, no, what no, no. Happened? Yeah. What me, happened next? Tell me more about tell that. Tell me more about that. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: that's counseling, not
1: forensically. Yeah. Is this real? Right. Right. <laughs>
0: Forensic interviews. We have to ask him an open-ended
1: question. Yes. Uh, so, so, um, so we, so what I remember, and I say come to rest, cause that's some fancy term we use in, in um, accident reports the vehicle came to rest no but
0: it's very deep like we know exactly what that means yeah so
1: we ended up in these people's yard and and this is this this is a phrase i got from my old man years ago when he (laughs) was drunk driving and turned his uh 71 ford f-150 into a snowmobile um (laughs) went off the road when you weren't driving for him yeah when i wasn't driving for him when i was 10 years old that's another story um but that when So the vehicle comes to rest, you start hearing things, you start feeling things, there's fucking smoke, and there's, you know, um, and I'm like, well, I'm still alive because there's no way that it hurts this fucking bad when you're dead. <laughs> okay. and, I, and I remember my old man saying that. He says, I knew I wasn't dead because it hurt so fucking bad. What hurt? Oh, God, everything. Like, um, literally,
2: could you even pinpoint it?
1: Li- so the first thing for me that I really realized that hurt, which is where I have the, I had no damage, was my chest. Interesting. So, in, in, and obviously, you well, know, the computer, the computer. Now, the airbag did not hit me. Obviously, when you, you know, when you, when you get in an accident with a seatbelt, that you kind of get that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, you f- were wearing a seatbelt. I was wearing a seatbelt. Yes. Um, my first initial thing was that I was fucked up on the inside. I had internal internal injuries. You would I,
2: convince yourself of this.
1: I just I was assessing. Okay. Uh, and again, um it's like, oh, I'm fucked, right? right? And and so from there it's like, but I was and, and and again, I'm 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 not a badass. I just I'm I'm just going to tell it the way I, cuz I didn't want to fucking die. And of so not. so I can remember thinking, okay, I'm fucked up on the inside. And I just remember trying to slow my breathing and calm the fuck down a little bit. And then I started kind of doing this. And what's funny was
0: He's touching his head. I'm touching my
1: head. Yes. yes. Um. I started feeling around on the top of my head. Were
2: you making sure your brains were still yeah. there?
1: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I could feel all these like lumps and shit, oh. and I'm like, what I thought it was was that because prior to the accident, I would just wear reading glasses. Yeah. And often what I would do is I would I've just seen put you them on. Do that. Yeah. Just yeah. on top of my head. Yeah. yeah. So initially, I'm like, Jesus Christ! I hit so fucking hard. I. My glass is literally embedded in my forehead, mm-hmm. which wasn't the case. It was mm-hmm. bone and shit, but, but at the time, but you at didn't the time, that. that's and how your
0: brain was yeah. reasoning what it was feeling. And so
1: I'm doing this and I'm like, Jesus Christ, my, but, and it wasn't. Um, and so that's when, I don't know if I should use names. Is it okay to use? You can names? I say would say your use
2: don't use last names.
1: Okay. Just, um, Dawn, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, the driver, she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Um,
0: it was Dawn. Okay.
1: Dawn was fine. I okay, mean, good.
0: Physically Thing
1: yes, right, yeah. Right. I mean, right. So right.
2: she would whiplash or any bruises uh, just or anything. Some, some, she didn't have a computer in front of her. No, she had no, a steering no. wheel, yeah, an airbag. Yeah, you know, and, and honestly,
1: belt. the I mean I mean she yeah, she had some minor cuts and bruises and stuff, but minor. And and I can remember her going, Are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like No. No. But she's like and again I'm not knocking her, but she was new at this. Yeah. And she's like You well, were training her. Well, yeah, and again, two months two and a half months of being a cop doesn't
0: prepare you prepare you Mm -hmm. for anything no that's like
2: going on a hunting trip with your dad and something bad happens to him and then you're asking him to help you help him
1: right so she's like what do I what do I do what do I do and what's interesting and I'll just briefly cover it because it'll make sense is I was involved in 2002 the dark year Uh, (laughs) unfortunately I was involved while on patrol I was involved in a fatal accident where a drunk driver ran a stop sign in front of me I t-boned them it caused the the passenger to be ejected from the vehicle and he died right Mm -hmm. but so what i remember from that was when i came to rest on that one and i'm rambling a little bit i apologize uh was that my my music radio or the car radio was still going where i could hear music which led me to believe i still had power to the car so i was able to call out on my microphone in in this situation um i couldn't hear shit i mean we'd shut that fucker down i mean Obviously, yeah. the, when the
2: collision happened, yeah, it yeah. Was so down. we had
1: no power. We, I said, and I said, Dawn, I says, we, I says, we got to get help. I said, that's the first fucking thing we got to do. She goes, you know, and she, I'm like, you got to get out. The car's fucked. You got to get out. Use your use your portable radio. And for whatever reason, I've never listened to the audio from that nine one one call, and I don't know why. Not for any reason other than I've got it.
2: Do you have it? I have it.
1: I just it was one of those things I was going to do and just Is never had. You did? Have
2: you felt like traumatizing yourself recently? Oh, I,
1: yeah, no, I mean, I don't think it, I mean, it probably would. I mean, it, yeah. it, it triggers oh, I, today. Yeah. I mean, not to make you guys feel guilty. And that's not my Oh, intent, I don't. We know but, we're triggering you. That's why trigger, we offered hugs. I'll, I'll be, it, it'll, it'll trigger, you know, mm-hmm. it'll trigger. But, um, so she got out of the car and she got a call out on the radio. And of course people were starting to stop. And so not oh, sure. only did she get out on the radio, but 911 calls were coming in. And then she got back in the car and she goes, what do I do now? I says, and I, and the, this is the way I remember saying it. You know that I'm on blood thinners, and I th- I'm pretty sure I'm bleeding bad. I said, you've got to get pressure on this till somebody gets here. And so she couldn't get. We keep our med kits in this in the back of the of like the the trunk of the. We drive the SUVs, the Explorers. Okay. And no power, she couldn't get into the fucking car. So a dude goes, "Hey, I got a hammer." So she smashed the back window and um, grabbed the bag, and she was holding pressure. And I remember. So I was in the passenger seat, and again, I'm just trying to be calm. And at that point, I'd assessed that I was, that I felt like I knew both my both my hands felt like they were broke, my wrists. Um, when I moved my right leg, I could tell it was broke. She's holding pressure on my face, you know, which was the obviously the 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 worst of the injuries. The head injury, the head injury. really,
2: from the computer. Yeah, yeah, the
1: head injury. So, you know, stopping the bleeding one. whatnot. And I remember, one of the things I remember vividly is that she was a, across me so she was still in the driver's seat kind of leaning over and putting the pressure and i remember i started to sweat because it was it was hot and fuck yeah and of course now we're not running air conditioner or nothing and it's something i remember from being a kid when you would pass out or you'd get dizzy that you start to sweat you could feel the beads Mm -hmm. and my mind is if i in my head if i passed out i was fucked i was dead like that's just, no, just, that's yeah. what's going on. Right. And so I said, stay awake, stay I awake. said, Dawn, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to pass out. I don't, I don't know. That's probably not how I said it, but I said, you've got to get this fucking door open. She gets the door open and I can remember at the time, cause you know, it's seven at this point, you know, there's a little bit of a breeze and that breeze comes in and I remember feeling it and I'm touching my forehead again. I remember it feeling it hitting my face and it, 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 and it started to cool and I'm like, well, fuck, I'm okay. I can do this. You know, I'm not in and, and that really helped because I could feel that cool air. And it kind of gave me that second, you know, second wind to, because I was, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not being dramatic. I was checking out.
2: I was just saying oh, God or the devil wasn't ready for yeah, you yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. The breeze I of mean, reality
2: made you stay in your current plane. I, you
1: know, I, the way I talk, you know, I kind of feel like the old Grim Ripper was standing at the intersection. He's like, I got shit to do motherfucker, you know, and my watch. like, you know, I, I got like, shit hey, to do, tick man. Talk. Yeah. 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 91 Benny and you know, Buffalo, New York, man. He's about to check out, and I got to get there, you know? And uh, so, but I'm like, okay, I'm not fucking dead yet. And uh, about that time, too, I could hear all the fucking sirens. Yes. And I apologize. I'm really using the F word a lot. No. They are so used to this. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do what you yeah. need to to cope also. And that was the sweetest sound I've ever heard in my life.
0: The sirens? The
1: sirens. And so people start showing up. And I remember my partner at the time, or he was my sergeant, Kevin, I remember him showing up, and, and, and he tells the story kind of like when he said, he said, how is it? And I said, it's bad, it, it, because...
2: He could probably tell from looking at you and wanting yeah, your assessment. Yeah,
1: yeah, because yeah. I... What honest, do you
2: say when you... It's not just your partner. I mean, it's this, is this your best friend at the well, time? Yeah, I mean, this, this is, is someone the who I, you spend more time I with I mean, in this your is wife.
1: someone I consider one of my best friends. I mean, I love him like a brother, you I know? know. And, and so, and I feel for the people that had to deal with the shit on scene and even after the fact. Because for a lot of it, after the fact, I was completely out of it, you know? Right,
0: but they weren't.
1: But, but they weren't. But And
2: just so everybody knows, the trauma perspective from living in a small town is that when you roll up on a police officer, everybody knows you. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody likes you that right. you work mm-hmm. with, right? And so these people are rolling up, and it's not just like, oh, there's an officer down. No, it's, oh, somebody, there's, yeah. it's like, oh, my God, there's some. this is somebody we care well, about. Well, one
1: exactly. of the guys that, that showed up on scene because he's with the fire department was who is our mechanic. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, this so is someone. Yeah. you for after, Yeah. I mean, right. so people were showing up on scene. Um, Tammy oh, yeah. Rose's um, Yeah. That's how I was able
0: to get to, by Correct. the end of that football game, yeah. I knew all those sirens were for you. Right.
1: So people were showing up on scene who knew me personally and professionally. Yes. I mean, you know, because, yeah. so, um, so people start showing up, you know, and, and um. I, I, I was just trying not to die, really. Right. And I remember because Ke- good job, by, <laughs> the by the way. Good job. I remember Kevin <laughs> because <clears throat> he's like, "You got to stay awake, man." I don't know. Yeah, I get it. And he wanted me to talk. And finally, I'm like, "Listen, man, I'll say a word every once in a while, but it fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. Like, but like I couldn't carry on a conversation. I mean, talking hurt, breathing hurt, everything sure. hurt. Um. So they get me out of the. They get me out. I was I wasn't pinned in per se, but because of my injuries. Um, It's not like I could walk to the ambulance. Yeah, they
2: needed to carefully remove you. Right.
1: So you know, so they removed me on a gurney, and I remember at the time one of the things that I was terrified of. I'd had some heart issues years ago, and um, based on because I had some pain, they had given me some morphine, and I almost coded out. Yeah, I had to get Narcan. So you're like, don't give me morphine. Don't give
2: me blood thinners. Right, right, right.
1: And I'm like, I'm trying to like I'm and, and again. I'm not saying that I was completely with it because I wasn't, but I'm like, listen, I'm on blood thinners, you know. I'm I can't do morphine, I'll, I'll fucking code, you know, just stuff like that. And and I was awake through through all of that. Once they got me in the uh, ambulance, they gave me fentanyl, and I started to kind of drift. Well, um, that'll do it. Yes. That'll so, do it. And so, also,
2: please keep the Narcan close by.
1: Yeah. So so <laughs> right, right. so you know, obviously they get me out, and um, uh, yeah, I can hear the helicopters. And again, you want to talk yeah. an amazing fucking noise. Hearing those fuckers come down. And, Not uh,
0: from the position of where we're sitting because by then news had already traveled. Oh, sure, sure. And so We heard a life like, lifelight
2: goes over my house, oh, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh okay. and I knew who was in it. And yeah. and sitting at home with my husband who happens to work with you, right, by the way. Right. But, although I I would argue that you and I are closer friends, but right. uh it was awful. Yes. You it was terrifying. Yeah. Yes. And we're all messaging each other. Yes. Well, and so just um, so you know how traumatized we were. By right, your oh, no, I, no, I
1: totally, no, I totally get it. So, and there's a lot, you know, I'll, I'm, I, you know, I'll explain no, kind not. of what was happening. I get in the, you know, I get in the ambulance and obviously then they placed me into the helicopter. And I can remember I could, obviously I was, well, I mean, we'll get to that. I can't see out of my one eye now, but at the time I was all wrapped up so I couldn't see shit. Mm-hmm. And um, so they placed me in there and, and. I know this from pictures, but in my mind, helicopters are fucking huge. No, but they're not. So There's... I, so I'm in there. I can't see anything, but I can feel that people are very close.
0: Sure,
1: and I can remember the pilot saying something to the effect, however you put it, basically was he he was telling the other people to strap in and hang on, like, like we're we, going, like fast. we gotta go. He now. says we have gotta go. Yeah. So, and my recollection may not be completely correct, but I want to say from. Where I was at, South Hills Dillon Bear Lake, the flight to Parkview in Fort Wayne was eleven minutes.
2: Yeah, I believe it.
1: They they went up and they and then down there they don't circle, they just land, right? And so
2: that's a level two trauma center, I think, yeah, or is it I, a level I, one? I'm My sister sure worked that. there. Yeah. In the, bad-ass in the place. ED.
1: I, you know, at some point, maybe not in this one, if I ever get invited back, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you how fucking amazing that hospital yeah, is.
2: an in, in invitation back, you don't mean in the same method. You just mean by as a visit. visit yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Cool. So,
1: um, but amazing hospital. So, you know, so that's what, so that, you know, that gets to that point. So what was happening behind the scenes was I mentioned that we were getting together, at a, at a friend's house for tacos. Well, my wife shows up, and as my wife shows up, because they can hear all the lights and sirens and shit, and my buddy that that um, lives there is a, an accident investigator, he's hearing all the shit, he turns on his fucking radio. Oh, God. Yeah, and they hear it, and it's, they start putting two to two together.
2: Were you at TJ and
1: Q? TJ and house? TJ and Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I should. I, right. I
2: don't. Hear yeah. It. yeah, yeah so, so I yeah. I'm just trying to figure out who was uh, down there. A couple, a couple who I, of, yeah. a
1: couple who I work with, who are amazing best friends, and we're amazing through that. Awesome. Just yeah. So, so my wife walks in, and they're listen. You know, they're listening. Mm. Well, and they turn it down, but then they're like, matter. "Hey, you know, hey." Heidi's like, "Hey, what's?" And they're like, um, "I need you to sit down."
2: Oh my god! Worst day ever.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wes has yeah. been in an accident. Um, we don't know how bad it is. I mean, they didn't know shit. No, they knew there was life flights. There was talk of a, of, of, of a female being life flighted, which turned out to be the driver of the other vehicle, but there was concerns for, for Dawn for the driver. So they don't, they don't know where I'm at. They don't know if I'm alive. They don't know if I'm dead. I mean, nothing. We call my, they call my mom. They pick my mom up. Um, somehow my buddy Sheila, who works for us, she ended up getting involved and and showing up. And so they get my wife and, and my mom to the hospital um and again we're still trying to figure out what the fuck's going on mm-hmm. and
2: yeah they're gonna get them in the hospital and right they're not gonna see you yeah and You're... they
1: did, and i'm not even there so
2: oh they went to our local hospital they went to the local shit world. yeah they don't even know because they don't even flown know to they different don't even state. know
1: so they get there oh my God. and they're trying to um kind of sort everything out that's when they
2: they have no idea they have no
1: idea where um,
2: you are who, who tells them that you've been so
1: casey um my buddy casey who yeah. was my partner at the time we worked second he was the other car. He he had been on scene. He left from there. And I don't remember if I told him. I remember at some point, you know, somebody needs to tell my wife, you know, don't freak the fuck out or, you know, whatever you say in a situation <laughs> right. like that. Casey goes to the hospital, makes contact with my wife and says, it's bad. But he's talking. He was conscious. He was talking. This is where they're taking him. They life-flighted him. Um, and, again, I don't want to put words in my wife's mouth or what she said, but on the way down there, they figured I was dead dead. Sure. Honestly.
0: I mean, right. I then get it. Would I get, be bad. Well, I get then dead. what happened? They're, they're preparing themselves. I'm
1: giggling and it's not fucking funny, but when my wife and, 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 you know, my entourage show up, um,
0: <laughs> my entourage.
1: they show up. The first person to meet him is the, um, chaplain.
2: Oh, that's not uh, ever
1: no. good. God, no. What? I and, mean, it
2: makes sense because they're actually there to help you, but yeah, your first the thought is, oh, actually, my God, the, yeah. the the greeter to Jesus has just come to yeah. explain what, what happened. Oh, the bridge to God. Which reminds
1: me, I have to go, I, I need to tell this. I, it's kind of out of the loop. So, funny story about the accident. It was right down from my ex-wife's house
2: i love this oh, story. now
1: people always go i've been married a few times um, right so like, i was
2: gonna ask you know how does being a law enforcement officer affect your personal life oh yeah life? no definitely so so uh, this is wife number three this by is, the way
1: i'm on wife number three yes um this happily is happily married and she's happy yes yeah, she's she awesome um so this is my second wife okay. um her second that ex was, was your yeah ex. ex number two and just down from her house so i'm laying in this <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in this car right and i'm trying not to die <laughs>
0: oh, god and
1: i hear this voice wes the Grim Reaper right. shows up. I hear, I hear, no, I hear Wes, it. and it's my ex-wife's voice, and I go, motherfucker. <laughs> I go, I have died, and this bitch is my escort to hell. Like she's here to <laughs> greet me, right? Right? Yes. Like I'm like, how right. did this fucking happen? I'm dead. It. I'm in hell, and she's my tour
2: guide. At some point, did you just sigh and go, "Well, it was bound to happen. I just, I, this yeah, is yeah, how it was going to go." And then you know,
1: way. and then obviously I heard other things, and I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm dead. Uh, you know, but I just That's remember it's funny. like, I'm in hell. And- your
2: second ex-wife showed up at the scene yes. of your crime, of because your crime, she was, of your injury. Um, yeah,
1: And she was, uh, it was out of concern. Of
2: course of it course. was. Because again, She's everybody remains no, friends with unfortunately, some
1: other things happened uh, that, she, like, she tried to call my children who she was not close to. Oh, God. She, oh, okay. she put me flying away in the hol- helicopter on Facebook.
0: Oh. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, shit.
0: So, okay,
2: so things you weren't super happy right, right. about. Right, but long story
1: short. Right, the so f-
0: I wasn't
2: too
1: far off. When yeah, so the funny part is I thought I had died and gone to hell. <laughs> and then I, and I'm like, this is bullshit. I didn't even get to plead my case. I didn't fill out an application. <laughs> I right. want a lawyer. I just, right. I am in hell, and my ex-wife is my tour guide. So <laughs>
0: Without any sort of life review. Right, This is yeah. not I'm like, fair. no, I, I want to
1: file an appeal. <laughs> Did so, your life
0: flash before your eyes Wes?
1: It's not a real thing.
0: I didn't think so. No, I did want to ask you. No, not a no. thing. Did you see any you lights? See I, no, light. you don't
1: see shit. You went deaf. I went deaf for just a brief period. I, and I've been in a, a few close calls. I mean, other things. and But this one, uh, your life doesn't... Maybe when you actually... I don't know.
0: Yeah, because you didn't actually cross o- cross the veil. That we know of. Yeah, well,
1: uh, yeah I mean, They th- might
2: have spit him right back out,
0: honestly. I, in, in my bad.
1: mind, nothing, my life doesn't flash from my life. I was so in the moment. I just didn't want to fucking die. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: So the chaplain meets up with your wife and your yes. mom, and in uh, Fort Wayne.
1: So, so initially, obviously, he's like, "Hi, I'm chaplain," and my wife because ah, oh. she thinks I'm dead. Yeah. Sure. And they're like, "No, you know, this is it. This is that." So there's
0: been a misunderstanding. There's been a misunderstanding. i just here too. So obviously, they bring her into me,
1: and 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 during this time, people are showing up. My kids are coming. I, you know, I don't, I can't remember the timeline because at this point,
2: they have you medicated. I'm medicated.
1: I'm drifting in and out, and I'm being a comic. Um, he,
2: he was being a comic
1: I was being a comic and I'll tell some of that so please do so obviously so you know
0: hi Wes yeah oh yeah yeah,
1: yeah. so so the you know at this point they're, they're you know they're taking care of me where they're talking you know obviously the first surgery you know to take care of the facial stuff and then there was going to be surgeries after that but so, so talking about the funny stuff so again I still can't I can't see shit I'm all bandaged up my plastic surgeon comes in and uh, Dr. Guy Crevacore french haitian doctor and i won't be able to do his accent right and I oh apologize. but you should try i try but every accent sounds like i'm chinese
2: <laughs> <laughs> all of charnel sound english yeah, or irish so so so,
1: so he's talking you know he's telling me what he's gonna do and shit and I, I go i go hey man can you make me look like matthew mcconaughey and he goes i cannot do that <laughs> and i go It'd be a lot cooler if you did <laughs> right yeah. It's just stuff like that, you know.
2: This is when you know you're okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would feel better knowing
1: that. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. You know, I'm just doing goofy (laughs) shit. Um,
2: Fentanyl shit. (laughs) Yeah. I believe you asked them if they could make you Bruce Willis hat.
1: Uh, that might have been a thing because that's always been my goal. Yeah, is to be Bruce. So well uh, yeah, so I, I, you know, I was hoping that you they know they did
0: a damn good job. They did an amazing job. You cannot job. tell. So the were, only scar I can see yeah, is the one that's a, diagonal across yeah, the bridge, and you it. wear
1: spectacles. Yeah, so, I wear. wear, wear yeah, so, yeah. So so yeah, amazing job. Can you t- list us your injuries? Oh yeah. So okay. I guess we'll start. We'll go right from top, the to start top, from top, top to top bottom. bottom.
2: We like to go nose to tail was in funny, this. It One
1: time I was, I was, when I was, when I was going through all my shit, I think it was when I was getting into the uh, brain Institute, the brain injury Institute, they're like having me talk. And I'm like, well, I got this. And like, okay. And I, get, and I go, then I got this. And I go, okay, well then I got this. Okay. So, so you, got, I go, well, I'm not done. And then, you know, so I kept, <laughs> so long story short, we'll start with the head. Obviously, uh, the impact, um, from from hitting the computer um, caused the uh, instant uh, optical neuropathy in my right eye, so my right eye was instantly blind. Uh, a brain injury, uh, which affected uh, some cognitive impairment, um, and we can talk more about that if we want uh, at some point. But um, or
2: we can just ask you questions. Or, until or it you becomes obvious. yeah yeah.
1: Um, so uh, then going down from there, severe hearing loss in my right ear to where, like, to put it in a perspective. I'm talking right now, and I have a pretty deep, loud voice. But in my right ear, I can hear the tinnitus over the sound of my own voice.
2: Yeah, you're ringing all the time. Yeah, and
1: I don't have my hearing aids, which does Which help. you did
2: not have prior.
1: I did not have prior. No, no, the, the hearing aids are a result of the accident. Uh, severe tinnitus, uh, hearing loss, obviously. They
2: broke your beautiful nose. They broke
1: my beautiful nose. Um, it
2: was one of his shining features, yes. his delicate little nose.
1: I don't have. Um, very tiny. So I don't have much like uh, cartilage or yeah. bone, yeah. Um, so that's a very sensitive spot for me. What my what my uh, plastic surgeon can use to say is, don't take boxing up as a career,
2: mm-hmm. or really piss your wife, off. or really right? piss my wife off. Don't so, punch him in the face. Yeah. So
1: um, you from
0: you can't tell you had any surgery. No. It, so that's yeah. Amazing. So so to go
1: back to Doctor Krevicor, rated one of the fifty top. Plastic surgeons in the United States. And he just happened to be on call. That he
2: night. was your on-call doc. Yeah, it was That's just amazing. pure luck.
1: I love this dude, man. and I, I would.
2: Karma bu- made up for the fact that your second ex-wife rolled yes. up
1: at the scene of your injury. And yes. I would screw with that dude every time I had an appointment. I had a fucking blast with him. Like the one time, because he would always take pictures of me. Sure. And I go, I know what you're doing, doc. He goes, what? I go, on your Tinder profile, you're a short, fat, hot, little, sexy, bald dude. <laughs> right? <laughs> And he looks at me straight face and he goes, I do not know this Tinder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do not know this
1: Tinder. And then the Tinder. second time I, because I had a, I had a plate in there for a while while everything healed.
0: You had
2: the plate in where?
1: Uh, My nose. Oh, like yeah, and right it up actually, above your yeah, temple? Yeah, and you could actually see it. Like there was a screw. It was, oh, it was terrible. Yeah. It's sticking out. Um, So they removed that like know, six months later, nine months later. And I remember when he came in, I go, let me see those hands, doc. He's like, what? I said, I know you were out partying all night. I said, I need to see if you got the shakes, right? You know? <laughs> and he starts to kind of, he's like, what, what Why am I doing? Yeah, am I doing this? Why am I doing this? So, but, okay, so going back down to injuries. So uh, I broke both my wrists. I detached my thumb. Oh,
2: God, it hurts. Yeah. Why does that bother me more than anything oh, else you've said? Because you can feel oh, that, right? At,
1: yeah, so I've got, and I'm showing them a scar. So after, uh, after my surgeries, because it had, it had tore the ten, uh, tendons and ligaments, they had to put a wire into my bone or into my bone so that the tendons and ligaments would grow back so I could use my thumb. Okay. thumb. And I still have nerve loss. Like when I do that, it like tingles and shit. And, and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so broke this wrist, tore this, detached this thumb, broke this wrist, broke this forearm. I've got a, uh, plate that goes His all left the way down, forearm. left forearm. And then right leg, uh, I broke my right leg, probably closer to the ankle, but the, uh, the metal rod goes to about midway on my calf. Okay. So.
2: so and that's the permanent?
1: All of that's permanent, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like
2: they're not just gonna pull you in and like pull rod out of your leg at some point. That's not fixable. That's to support the bone. No and
1: yeah, like with uh, like I I mean realistically, they told. And I don't walk without a limp. I mean sometimes it's less pronounced.
0: uh, You have it now down to a swag. It's like a pimp limp. It is a pimp limp. I always
1: used to joke like swagger. I always you know and and again I'm, I'm bouncing, but I always figured I'd get hurt at work. Bad. But I always really? thought maybe I'd get shot or some shit. Yeah.
0: Sure. You so I used to joke,
1: man, maybe if I get hit in the thigh or, you know, like the hip, I'll have this cool pimp limp and shit like that. Oh, well, you ended up with it. So, yeah. so yeah. So, well, yeah.
0: Careful what you put out into the universe. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> that shit comes back. Oh, yeah.
2: Man. If this is the only thing that's come back to you from yeah, what you yeah. put out in the universe, yeah, I think you should actually I, call this a win. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm like, you know what? I'll take it. I'll <laughs> take it. So, oh, so yeah. So, I mean, I'm fucked up.
0: Okay. Here's Talk- what you guys need to know if you knew West pre-accident. And he calls himself fucked up. It's hard to tell the difference between pre-accident West and West and post-accident West. That's where your charming and charismatic personality comes in. It's
2: a sense of humor, but also finding the humor in yourself. You can make fun of yourself, right? Like, do you want to tell the listeners what you were going to title your autobiography someday? Do you remember what you told us once? This was at a, a soiree.
1: Was It wasn't the Dear Sheriff. It was. was it Dear Sheriff, No one's As Surprised As I. And that's just it. The name yeah. of the autobiography. Yeah. Dear
2: Sheriff, No One Was As Surprised As I. Like, the, it's, I, it, it explains it. So
1: another thing was, because after the accident, accident, you know, everybody's like, oh, you're too tough to die. You're too tough to die. And I'm like, no, I just think I'm too fucking dumb to die. Yeah. So that's the name of my, Soon to be country album, too dumb to die. Too dumb to die. Too dumb to die. So the autobiography
2: is your sheriff, yep. and then too dumb to die is My, your music.
1: Yes, too and dumb then to die.
2: When you do your interpretive river dance, what will that be? <laughs> what will that be called? I don't know.
1: I'll have to think about it.
2: Yeah, I think it's um, what's the song? Uh, oh, sitting at a bar by rehab. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, so I think people probably want to know then, based off of your injuries, what ended up happening to you career wise after that? Because for most people, for most people. Right here could be a
1: career ender. Oh, yeah. It very easily could have been.
2: Especially when you say things like traumatic brain injury and brain yeah, damage yeah. And, of some. And, and so to get into to that,
1: when, so there's an amazing, and I will, I'm, I'm going to uh, shout out. Is that what we call it on podcasts? Yeah, it's shout, em shout out. out. sure is. Uh, in Mason, Michigan, there's the Origami Brain Institute. They do injuries and they do, you know. It oh. makes me
2: feel like they're folding people's brains up into yeah. swans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Voila. Oh. Today you are a cringe.
1: <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so and the only reason I was going up there is because they do they do physical therapy and things of that nature, but they do my reason for going up there was uh for eye therapy. Because oh. obviously and I you know, being blind in the in the in the one eye now, only having the monocular vision, that was a huge struggle.
2: Sure. Well, you were still hoping at that point that there was hope.
1: Nah. Not at that you point. You knew there wasn't? Yeah, no, so...
2: Were they trying to therapeutically make... Why, why were they sending you there then?
1: Just so I could basically go through uh, therapy to... Learn how learn. Learning how to
2: be a different eye And dominant. a lot of
1: that was, yeah, learning to be different eye and okay. learning to... They almost, like, it sucked. Like, it was very rare that I didn't throw up or dry heave after a session. I believe oh, it. Or sure. I would have to stop in the middle of it. Because I would get sick. Because now you're only dealing with one eye, even though, like, I mean, and, and obviously, you guys, you know, the, the listeners can't see it, but my eye looks normal.
0: It does. Yeah, it right. reacts
1: to light. It does yep. the same. So it moves. The so same all way that's the other good. Yep. But I have only got the one eye to deal with. So that eye takes on all of it. Mm-hmm. So they had to basically one of the things they had to do is desensitize me to like motion. Like they would sit me in a chair and they'd take a ball and they like it was attached to the ceiling and they they'd fling that fucker and it'd go back and forth and I'd have to follow it or there was a thing called the wheel of death.
0: I mean, that's what you called, right? It. That's what I called yeah. it. I actually call it those Ferris wheels. Yeah, yeah.
1: So wheel of death, where it like had things where you could put pegs in it and it would spin and they would call out pegs and I would have to follow the pegs. Oh, and, oh that makes oh me God. want to. Yeah, I
0: wonder why you vomited. It, so I would with two eyes. But and
1: I still, I st- I still occasionally, depending on things, will get nauseous or um, mm, I had really bad vertigo. Oh yeah. my god, it was terrible. Yep. So um, so that's why I went up there. So they're doing my intake and we're filling out paperwork and shit in this little room. And all of a sudden, the lady kind of looks at me weird. She goes, um, "I'll be right back."
2: Oh no, you don't ever want that. No.
1: And so my wife looks. Especially at me, if you're at the clinic. And, and my wife, and, and you guys know my wife, so my wife <laughs> looks at me when she leaves the room and she goes, what the fuck did you do wrong? I go, I didn't do nothing wrong. <laughs> I said, this isn't on me. Well, you must have done something. No. So, they, they, and that's just, you know. So, I love it. So they yeah. get back in the room and with this other chick and she's looking serious as a heart attack and she goes, have you been tested for any type of uh, brain injury or cognitive impairment? I go, no. You know,
2: no, I'm like this all the time, I, ma'am. I
0: was
1: yeah. just gonna say, no, yeah. that's I, just yeah. me. Normally, so like jokes. I had gone to a neurologist and they'd done checks and they'd done, you know, so there was nothing. And the thing about brain injuries is that uh, nine times out of 10, there's nothing you can see, right? Sure. So, and we had already discovered, like, my wife had already seen some things and um, behavior changes, behavior changes. Um,
2: did you, like, do the dishes without being asked? No. Because I would be, like, so, freaking out at that
1: point. So with the with, with my cognitive impairment, a lot of it, uh, and it still is if, I, if I'm if i stressed or tired, but uh, my short-term memory. Oh. So my wife was still working thirds, and I was home by myself, and I would do things like I would cook pot of soup for two hours. Yeah, not it doesn't like, take that much. Not like it was cooking, like, oh, I'm simmering it. Like, on high, out of the can, you know, takes two minutes, and yeah. I would literally... I would leave leave doors open. I would let the sink run. Mm -hmm. It just, it just, things went away. I mean, and that was a big part of it, but also not being able to process things, not being able to control my emotions. Like I used to be able to, you know, things of that nature. I was also uh, diagnosed with what they call neuro fatigue,
2: which basically my brain is tired. My
1: brain is tired. Mm -hmm. And, And what they describe it as is most people, when they go to bed, when you wake up in the morning, you know, your brain battery is hundred percent. Nope. Nope. So for me,
2: yeah, and, and even, most people, right. my ass, anybody right. who works in the lines of, I haven't right. woken up with anything better than a 75% <laughs> brain in 20 years. Right.
1: So the way they describe it in me is I, I realistically, my brain will never charge to hundred percent. It's mm-hmm. impossible. Mm-hmm. It might get to 50.
2: So you have a Samsung.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I've got a, I've, I've got a shitty brain battery. Okay. And so, but and it depletes rapidly, and when it's done, it's done. You cannot one of th- one of the misconceptions that a lot of people have is that oh, you can push through it. Well, you can't. You no, can't. Right. You can't. No. I mean, it'll come to point. If I try to push past that point, I mean, I will become physically ill. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's rough. But it's
2: your brain. It's man. your brain. Yeah. So,
1: but so I went. You know, but I did a lot of therapy for that. Um, kind of got that back. So you know, that's not something I deal with a lot. Um, but people that know me well sometimes will be like. You just asked me that. Or, you know, little things mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I'll say, like, I'll walk into, like, let's say I'll walk into my cash room. Hey, man, you know, I've got this interview at 3 o'clock. And then, like, two minutes later, like, did I tell you I had an interview? Like, it's just little things like that.
2: Yes, you did. Yes. Are they just, do they just are, are they used to this now?
1: Everyone has been awesome.
2: Now, I want to make sure that everybody knows you have been released to come back to work. Like, your brain yes. is working to the appropriate capacity for law enforcement now. Yeah. You're just letting us know that you still have those those moments, Correct. that yeah. brain Small fatigue. Um, and you know that there are certain days like do you do you ever wake up and are like yeah so today's going to be a day i can't go in
1: yeah and and, and, and my
2: brain is not okay today yeah.
1: so and maybe i'll i'll lead up to that with how i got back to work yeah. so about about a week into it two weeks into it i called what's um Coles, which is the licensing for law enforcement in, in the state of michigan and i told them what was going on i asked what their criteria was and they said well you have to have all of this to get into a police academy and to get hired. Once you're hired, he said, we have 18,000 cops in the state of Michigan. We can't track all of them. So from that point on, once you're hired by an agency, it's up to the agency what the standards will be. Oh. So I was very fortunate, uh, especially with, and again, I'm going to put a shout out. We had a, a change in administration. We got a new sheriff, mm-hmm. uh, new sheriff, new under sheriff. You know, we had a lot of changes, and they were absolutely incredible. Uh, worked with me, and basically the discussion was that I would come back as a, as a detective sergeant. So I got a promotion plus I I get to do detective work. So
2: Which probably could have happened a long time ago in terms of your skill should set. Should have
1: happened a long
2: <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, I was being I tend to be real neutral here. Yeah, I probably
1: don't have to be. No, you don't. So, you
2: don't. I neither does Charnel. Yeah, I'm the only one that no, ever has so to No, so it should have happened
1: here. years before this. I mean, I, I you know, but that's a different story. Well,
2: I think it's important to and I hope that our listeners recognize this as we talk all the time about police officers who shouldn't be cops. And and I think you and I have talked once before about how there's a difference between police officers and cops. And that's why you don't find that term offensive. Like some Oh yeah, do. No, I, you're I, a cop.
1: I, I'm a cop. Um, I, yeah.
2: If you have a good one who really knows how to work, not only the street, but the investigations, do anything you can to keep them if they're still capable of working and that's yes. what you found with this new well, administration. Well, and again, I,
1: yes, they, I was very fortunate that they realized that I was an asset. And You could have retired. I could have retired. I could have medically retired. Medically retired. Medically yeah. Retired. I didn't want to. It was very important to me. And again, it's probably stubbornness in a microphone. Well, you're of, young. You I'm just young. turned 50. Yeah, I just turned 50. So well,
2: you'll be no, I'll you'll be 51, 51 in, March. in yeah. 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 Well, next weekend, yeah.
1: yeah. Um no. but but at the time of the accident I was 47, right? Yeah. 48.
2: Forty-seven,
1: forty-eight. What year was 19, it? Nineteen. Nineteen. Forty-seven. And I, I, I was very displeased with the fact that I would, if I would have medically retired, I was not going out on my own terms. Fair enough. And it became a goal for me and part of my rehabilitation, if you want to call it, uh, that I did get back to work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was, I set that goal and and achieved it and achieved it. Yeah. So, so
2: what type of things do you get to do now as a detective sergeant? You, you kind of met your career goal through all of this, right?
1: Yes, yeah. You didn't start I,
2: off wanting to be a detective, but you learned you were good at it. I learned I was it. good
1: at it. Um, so, yeah. So now, I mean, uh, and I do do, I do soup because we're a smaller agency. So I sometimes cover supervision, um, you know, where I would be responsible for the jail and, and the road and dispatch and things of that nature. But the majority of my day to day job is de- detective work, investigations, interviews, That's you know, search like Working boards, with people. Working with people, you know. So it's it's absolutely awesome. You know, and like you said, uh, you know, talking about, I, I, my, my partners, my bosses understand my situation and there, and it, it was more at first, you know, cause I was off about a year and a half and then I came back, I started Were out. Were you
2: p- off that long? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Was it 18 I, months? Yeah. So, yeah. So whatever the math is, I got hurt August 28th, 2019. I went back to work. I want to, for some reason I have Valentine's day in my head, February 14th of 2021. Okay. So, whatever, the, you know, and at first it was part time. I didn't actually go back completely full time till the end of May. Like, I started out literally like 10 hours a week. That makes sense. And it was all I could do.
0: Oh, for sure. You know, like the
1: first day was a three hour day. And at the end of it, I was just.
0: Right. No. Toast. You have to retrain yeah. your brain. Yeah. Okay.
1: And what's funny about brain injuries, haha, is um, <laughs> even good things with my situation will wear me out. Oh, like, definitely. Like, for example, my brother and I went to a metal concert Thursday night or Wednesday night, whatever the hell night it was, Wednesday night.
2: I hope you forgot your hearing aids for that, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, at that point, I'd already broke them. So, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but... Even fun things, like having my grandchildren come over. They came over yesterday, and I love my grandchildren, love being they with make them, tired. but they make me tired. Uh-huh. So even good things make me well, tired.
2: Well, large social settings, too. All three yes. of us were recently at a charity event because yes. I host the chi- uh, Child Abuse Prevention Ball, and we were all there and with our significant others. But I can imagine being around that many people for that long. You're like, I'm it's, ready yeah. to get out of well, here. Well, and
1: unfortunately, like me trying to, to destroy your blinds here in the room.
2: Um, she didn't. Did you see it? No. He yeah. mostly just ran into them. So, it was very graceful, I and no one that. was going to say anything you know it wasn't like a monster truck
1: right right so unfortunately one of the big issues with only having one eye is you run into shit and so, in, in in situations like that, like where you've got close proximity to tables and whatnot, I I run into shit. I run into people.
2: Well, and that's because it happened later in your life too. Right. My dad, for example, has been blind in one eye since he was about three. It was the proverbial "Don't you'll poke your brother's eye out with a stick," and that happened. Oh God! So his eye moves around normally, by the way, but it doesn't dilate correctly. Like it's always well, it's always dilated. Right? Doesn't react. He is a fantastic shot. He's a great driver he just, it, yeah. because he was able to accommodate it, yeah. it, it's pretty <laughs> hard to retrain a 47-year-old brain. It is, friend.
1: yeah. And it's still, you know, and, 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 and you learn tricks. You learn, like, uh, if people are, are are watching me, I move my head a lot because I have to, because, I mean, I have to, you know. To, well, the, to it's to situational this, awareness, I, you know, right? Yeah. It's occupational so, hazard.
2: You're always aware of your surroundings, yeah. and now you have less uh, visibility yeah. on one side. Right, so. and
1: depth perception is a huge thing. Okay. Like, oh, I remember definitely. I was going to impress my uh my uh, casework i'm like look i'm getting used to it and i put something on a <laughs> put something on a table and it fucking fell off and i'm like
0: yeah.
1: so death perception I meant to is, do that yes yeah, se- depth perception is huge but
0: i was just making a joke it's fine yeah
1: of course then COVID happened during all that so that made it even weirder Oh yeah, definitely. um I- i'm good i'm a social person um but big situations like that i i there are some difficulties but most of the people i'm close with know and people at work will stand on my right side and wait till i see them and then like, just... Like, to be funny? To fuck with me, yeah. Oh,
2: Which, so those are those are just but, good friends. And,
1: and again, you know, nothing's... nothing's. T- I mean, especially in, in our careers, you know, in, in law enforcement, there's nothing that is sacred. There's nothing that's out of bounds. And so, the fact that I'm able to make jokes, and other people uh, make jokes, like my buddy, uh, Justin, uh, calls my wife my scene-eye wife. Uh, <laughs> I love that. You know, so... The fact that we can, like, I'm always like, I, you know, every time somebody will say something, like, oh, that's going in the lawsuit, you know.
2: No. <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: you know. So, uh, maybe no. you know, you're making fun of me with my disability. So, but. Uh, yeah.
2: So, something completely unfree. Like you said, you always knew that you probably would end up at some point injured at work or on the job. Yeah. I'm a, this wasn't what you saw coming, though.
1: No, I thought it'd be a lot cooler.
2: Yeah, <laughs> right.
1: I'll be honest. I And, and that, believe it or not, I've read a couple articles, and there's a great article. I don't know the dude's name. He was a cop, and and the, and and the, and the title of the uh, of, of the article is "It would have been so much easier if I would have died."
2: And that's not even to be morbid, but you no. can understand why yeah. in and some so, of his arguments because, yeah, and you did not want to die. Let's I did be clear. not want to
1: die. No, no, but I wanted it to be a lot cooler. Like, <laughs> like I feel like it'd be a lot cooler if I was all I was messed up like this, but like I got shot and like saved a baby or some shit. You know what I'm saying?
2: I do. I do understand. You were you responding mean. to a domestic though and I want people to understand I don't care if that was a verbal argument or anything else or somebody just being a dick. You were responding quickly to non-emergency right. which is why there were no lights and sirens heading over because it could have been bad.
1: Oh yeah, it could have been real bad. And again, you know, in, in all honesty, you know, you go back and you think of all the hot hot calls, you know, rolling in on a, you know, a man with a gun call or a you know, uh, a, a breaking and entering in progress or an assault in progress, whatever, you know, you're rolling into that shit like, I could get fucked up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're dialing in, you know, but you're like, shit could go sideways.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, shit has gone sideways, it calls for you before. And oh, I, yeah. we've been at this for a while, but I'm going to ask you a couple. I mean, you've had some pretty interesting moments on people's decks.
1: Uh, and, yeah, and things like yeah, that yeah. too. I
2: mean, any of those that you care to share, so people can understand uh, just all of the pitfalls and downfalls. Uh, which one of was the, the deck? Is that where I rode the dude down the I stairs? I think that might be. I think that might <laughs> Is be that it. Where
1: I rode yeah, there. like so, a horse. So my buddy and I, <laughs> giddy up. My buddy and Wil- Wilmer and I go out. And It's like this time of year, maybe a little warmer, but it's like there's kind of like some snow, but then there's mud and shit. And this dude was like, him and his wife are going through a divorce. And he was stalking her and there was a PPO and he'd assaulted her. And like he would call and go, I love you, baby, please come back. And then the next, like we'd listen to the message next call. And I'm, I'm laughing just because this dude was nuts. So I'm making fun of him, right, not right. not the victim. That's
0: what we do here. Yes. Yeah. So
1: like he'd be like, I love you, baby, please come back. I'll change. And the next call I'd be like, I fucking hate you, you fucking whore. You know, it's like, yes. holy shit. Oh, yeah, we're familiar. So, yep. so he was threatening to go over and shoot her. So we show up and he's on the phone and i'm like you need to come out here and he's like i'm on the phone i "I don't give a fuck you're on the phone and i'm like you need to step out he's like i'm not going to talk to you guys he starts to go back into the house well at that point we he was going to be arrested so i advised he was under arrest that did not go well um
2: (laughs) he didn't he objected he objected
1: and i was the only one up on the deck my buddy i think had gone around because he hadn't like check in because the guy hadn't come out of the house yet or some bullshit so we're wrestling on the on the porch i get to the point where i realize that uh I can throw him down the stairs.
2: <laughs> this may end the yeah, confrontation. Yeah. So and,
1: and honestly, that was the thing. I was not that I was looking to harm the guy, but I was looking to stop his aggression. Right. So I end up kind of doing this half assed bowling to china chop karate move, whatever you want to call it, judo. And
2: <laughs> Do you know judo? I do not. <laughs> No, I saw it on TV. Did you stay it a Holiday Inn Express last yeah, night? Yeah,
1: no, no. So basically like we do my my martial art is what we call bowl in a china shop. Um so I was able to get him thrown up down on the stairs, but as I did that, I kind of fell tripped and I ended up on top of him. So what it was described as my partner ran to my aid was that I was s- sledding or sliding down the hill using or the steps, using him as a slide, right? <laughs> So my buddy,
0: the, is that the one where I rode the guy down the stairs? I yeah. rode the guy <laughs> yeah, down yeah, the stairs. Rode down, yeah.
1: So my buddy, the way he tells this story is he's this majestic beast. This, and he's running towards me and he's jumping over yard gnomes and Slow shit. Slow motion. Slow like, motion. Like, uh, like he's Bay jumping Watch. stuff uh-huh. and, to get to me. But what happens when he gets to us, it's muddy and he can't really stop. And as we come down the stairs, we hit him. And so we oh all end up on the ground. We, we basically just take his legs right up from under him and we all end up in this heap. Right? So we finally get him rest. We get to the jail we're all muddy. Like in the mud, dude's mug photo, the whole right side of his body is just covered with mud shit. <laughs>
0: That's like funny mug shots. We yeah, like, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. Oh my God. Oh, uh, all right. So
2: we're, we're probably needing to tie some things up here, but we're in a current climate where this is my opinion. And you tell me if you agree or not. Somehow law enforcement has gone from being in a career to a job. Yeah. And there's just not a, a lot of incentive, I think, for some people to do it, and maybe some people go into it not for the right reasons.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: why, why would you, at this point in time, with the right person, encourage them to go into law enforcement? Can can you still do good in this? So, job?
1: so, so here's where how I put it, because I get it all the time from people, like not necessarily people I know that are real close, but like for example, my 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 brother had a friend, and we were at a, a cookout or some shit, and they're talking to me about their son who was 18 at the time, and I said, here's the first thing. I said, the child that you send into law enforcement is not going to be the child that you get back. Understand that. You know, he's going to be a different person. But I said at the same time, if this is what he is meant to do and what he was born to do, there's nothing else that's going to to, to suffice. There just isn't. Right. Like I thought about it, you know, when I got hurt, it's like, what the fuck am I going to do? And there's not anything else. I, I can't build shit. I can't fix shit. I can't do anything. But
2: Comedy Central.
1: Well, it could be a, co- yeah, potentially maybe a comic. We'll see what people judo think. Judo Master. Judo Master. Bowl P- a China por- shop. Pornhub. Yeah, Pornhub. Only pants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sniffer.com.
1: Sniffer. Dot- yeah, so. All you know, kinds of options yeah. for you. Not that
2: we know any of those are. Our listeners <laughs> right. have told us so, about them. So, you know,
1: I, there are people like there are, there, there are some depths now at our place who I see that in, and, and I encourage that because the pay sucks. The job sucks. Mm-hmm. The hours suck. The benefits suck. Politics suck. I mean, People suck. I mean. Yeah. For sure. You know, and it's a different climate where we're, you know, unfortunately cops are seen, you know, uh, for good reason for some cops that have done dumb shit. But Bad people shit. Are, cops bad can be shit, criminals too, right? Shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. C- you know, yeah. Cops can be criminals. You know, and the thing that most people don't realize is they want to get on all of us. When a cop does something dumb, like even cops we've had do shit dumb in our, they're fucking dead to me once they do something dumb.
2: Right. You agree we don't, that they've yeah, done something wrong. Yeah.
1: It's like. Fuck you, you know. So it, it's it sucks to be a cop right now, and I know bigger places make better money, but you don't go into police work to make money.
0: No, no. So it's a it's like a higher so, calling, right? Yep, that you either have or you don't, right? So, um, and I would to piggyback off when you said that a cop is dead to you if they do something dumb. Yeah, don't you think part of that is because you have to trust them literally with your life? Well, yeah, you're so in like,
1: situ- yeah, you're in situations where you have yeah. When you're in, a, you know, when you're in the shit, it's something hot. When you hear lights and sirens coming, or you hear your partner show up on scene, or you're fighting with somebody, you know, you're just hanging on till somebody gets there. You've got to trust that person mm-hmm. a thousand percent. And then, yep. and then not to say that cops, good cops, are all perfect. I mean, we still do dumb shit. But but when you have somebody, there's
2: lots of good people do dumb shit. Yeah, Wes, but, in any yeah. profession. But
1: then when you take somebody who does something that is bad, right? There's no way you can trust that person to to no. to have your back. To be there in that life-to-death situation.
2: You said you were born for this. Yeah. Is it a dumb question for me to ask? Would you do this all over again? Knowing, oh, hell yeah. So knowing what you were going to go through, riding people downstairs, getting hit at 70 miles an
1: hour, like- In a heartbeat. You do it all over. Yeah. I would do it, yeah.
0: think I don't think we could end better than that. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> Shall we bathe, Wes? We have to this show- This is going to
2: be just as enjoyable as it sounds.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: The look on his face right now is priceless, you guys. He's super happy and excited right now. Do I need to call Heidi? Yeah, I'm like...
2: (laughs) Yeah, you need a hall pass. Yeah,
1: I'm in... (laughs) No, you don't. I'm in danger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Send help. We are
1: very
2: scary
0: looking, sitting over here together. Saying we're going to bathe you. We're going to bathe your brain. We are. It's a brain bath.
1: A brain bath.
0: Yeah. So... Since you haven't had a chance to listen to Crime Curious yet. Something unique that we do as a true crime podcast is that at the end, after we've told people a horrific story and and essentially traumatized them, we tell them something funny so that we always leave them with a laugh in their heart, a smile on their face, instead of, you know, feeling like they hate humanity and and tears, right? Although your story didn't necessarily make us hate anything, but, and you yourself are a brain bath. Truly, but we want—we just want want a (laughs) T-shirt. I I am a brain bath. I am a brain bath. I I am a brain bath. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna read for you a funny story, okay? That I think that you'll have empathy for, just as a man with a penis, okay? All right. It was shared by Kangaroo Sack Jason, as a matter of fact. I've been
1: playing with this the whole time.
0: We're on almost two hours here. And I have.
2: Kangaroo sack Jason, yeah, another person has fallen victim to yes. your smooth sack. Yeah.
1: Yep, I, yep. It, when he listens, if he would like to send me one, that would oh, be Oh, we've awesome. got one better for you.
2: We, actually, and by we, I mean Charnel, because I can't contract for stuff. But Charnel, tell him about
0: our, our 20% off, right? Uh, yeah, uh, it's 10% off, I think. Oh, it is 10%. For Ru- um, Ruballs. Balls. who makes these, Ru-Bals. actually <laughs> is a sponsor of ours. Oh, really? Yes. And so you can go on their website I... and share the... Um, the code is Crime10. Okay. And you get 10% off of your own genuine king I Music. am going to
1: purchase one. We oh, are. I in, absolutely love this thing.
0: We're considering having them made with the Crime Curious logo that on them. That would be awesome. Wouldn't it? Yeah. It's it's become a Very real cool. thing. We
2: actually thought that if we put our side profiles on them too, they might get stroked more often. And that's, <laughs> a, that's another option as well. I don't look good from the side.
0: My nose is too big. You're
2: right. I actually think, do you look, did you want to turn around then? Okay. (laughs) I was
0: full frontal for me. Yeah. I don't, nobody likes their side profile. No, that's true. Here's, this is from the Daily Mail. Okay. Okay. The title is bungling doctor mistakenly amputates patient's penis after wrongfully diagnosing him with a tumor.
1: Oh shit.
2: What was
1: the your doctor's name again? Doctor Guy Crevacore. Thank him. Yes. yes. Thank you for not removing my penis. He <laughs> he worked on
0: the correct end, made it great. You know.
1: Although you want to hear a funny story, yeah. always about so my second surgery to take the plate out. They were discussing that if I didn't have enough bone up here, they were going to take some from my hip bone or some shit. Sure. So you're laying there and you're you're buck naked under the thing. And Doctor Gee keeps ripping the sheet off, and like my, my mom's in the room. Oh God! And my wife, and I'm like, I don't want my mom to see my penis. I mean, right, not at this right. point, you know. I mean, and I kept trying to cover it up, and the motherfucker he pull it back off again. <laughs> and I'm like, dude.
0: So you know, I gotta tell you. I don't you, know why
1: that come up. It just popped up in my no, head.
0: it just it you. just popped up. <laughs> it pops up. God! So. Legitimately, this has happened twice in my life during my husband's heart surgeries where um, the last two, thankfully, they didn't have to do open heart. They did through a vein through the groin. Well, they have to check the incision every so often. Of course, his mom's in the room too. Same thing. They just flap that shit right open and he's like, Um. Yeah, and I'm just kind of looking at Linda, and Linda is doing her best. She suddenly just steps back by the bathroom, like, like, "Okay, I'm just." So I have a funny story
1: about that too, but it might it might be a crime, so I'll hold on.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, let me read for you (laughs) this story. (laughs) A a bungling urologist is under investigation for mistakenly amputating a patient's penis after he wrongfully diagnosed him with a tumor. The 30-year-old surgeon is accused of causing serious injury to an unnamed patient, thank goodness that they didn't name him, right. from a municipality of Arezzo, Arezzo in, Italy. in Italy, the Tuscany region. He performed the operation at San Donato Hospital in Arezzo on November 13, 2018. After, this was after incorrectly diagnosing the patient who is believed to be in his late 60s a month oh. earlier. The procedure was carried out without a hitch, but during analysis of the amputated member, it quickly transpired that there was no tumor. The devastated patient is now seeking compensation. I should say so. so. And a new penis.
1: Compensation.
2: I just want my Can you get a new penis? I think, yes, I think you can get a new penis.
0: Can it be mechanical so we never have any issues? I mean, he's
1: in his 60s. Just like hit a button? Yeah. Or an extender in the
0: middle? (laughs) (laughs) What would that sound like?
1: I don't know. Just like, like opening a garage door.
0: Go, go gadget. Just penis. like
1: hit a power button to release the dogs of war. I right. love that. Every
0: time the garage door opens yeah. now, I'm like, gotta go upstairs.
2: <laughs>
1: or what's that? Like on cartoons. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I um, think they have hmm. reattached penises. Right. They
0: do. John Bobbitt. Um, right. He, it doesn't say that they reattached any sort of members. No. Um. It just says that he is seeking compensation and, um, No, and he, it left him with
2: just his testicles and no feeling where it once was. Uh, So uh, they must have, you would think uh, that they could remove a penis without damaging the nerves that attach it so that you could do some type uh, of an implant. And you know what?
0: The late, the, where I said that he was in his late sixties, that was referring to the doctor. Oh. The man that this happened to was in his 30s. Oh. He still needs that. He There's needs many years of good uh, For the
2: record, men in their 60s also need theirs. Oh, the closer yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. to that age, the more I would like those to continue yeah, to I work. I mean, I'm
1: going to be 51 and I still like my penis. Yeah, so yeah. I would like to keep it. I
0: didn't mean to make it sound like that, right. but you're you're like, absolutely right.
2: Just because you're 60, you are in less need of a working penis right. than a 30-year-old. I still year old. want it. I,
0: right. <laughs> absolutely yeah i just kind of meant maybe he still needed to have kids and and whatnot although it makes
1: it a little easier to do the silence of the lambs tuck.
0: they cut it at the base it says he had just left the testicles and had cut had cut at the base oh gosh this is and apparently this has happened like he's a bumbling surgeon There was a similar case. Oh, in 2003, this is a different, yeah.
1: He cut off another dude's dead? No,
0: this was a different, looks like to be a a similar case in 2003.
2: This one, they cut everything off.
0: Oh, I don't think you can reattach the sack, too. An American man went into surgery in 2003 for cancer, but when he came around, his penis and testicles were gone. Damn. My wife had to Oh no! Yeah, my wife Sh- had to. So this un- is the brain bath. Hand.
1: Not to interrupt, but this is horrible. <laughs> this-, <laughs> this is trauma This is traumatizing more than telling the story where I almost died. <laughs>
0: That's a good point. And it's
1: not even my penis that got cut off. But I, this is horrible. I actually
0: thought it got reattached and everything was <laughs> yeah, fine. Yeah, no, but it's she not. Has, she
2: has a history uh, of making you feel worse yeah. during a brain bath.
1: So now I feel worse. Thank you. <laughs>
0: so sometimes sometimes I just skim articles, and then once I cold read them on mm. the podcast, it turns this darker. One. I'm going to, yeah. And uh, I apologize. But yeah, I mean, let's hope he'll get financial compensation and everything was fine. I think you guys- they
1: make the little, they're like... <laughs>
0: Just so y'all know, they've now taken out the raccoon penis bones and are playing with them.
1: Like, I wonder how he gets to come hither motion. No,
0: I think it's
1: just, well, I mean, like,
0: you're going to be in a, a, this type of It'd emotion, be like this? Right, well, Is that I mean, your mean, raccoon sexy voice? That's my
1: yeah. raccoon sexy voice, like,
0: I, I mean, it's the I same mean, one. it makes
1: sense. That's the same one when they eat trash or.
0: That's true. They do <laughs> kind of do that. That's, that's a good It's point. kind of like a. I love it. Raccoons eating trash is what he equates
2: to how they made as well. They're sexy. Well, right? I just think the things... We've m- all eaten trash before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. The things that make them happy, that's their happy noise.
0: Right, right. I'll take that penis back. Thank you. Oh, Thank you so much thank for sharing you. your story. And it was awesome. Um, we loved bringing more people in our life to the podcast so that they can kind of it probably gives them perspective of the type of people we are as well by the type of people we hang out with
1: <laughs> there but, you go oh
0: god we are sorry yeah so thank you thanks again and um You're very
1: welcome thanks for having me
0: and thank you all for listening follow us on social media if you feel so inclined you could join patreon and get oh uh, gosh the ten dollar a monthers get five bonus episodes they a do. month the uh um, brain bath
2: only episode yes
0: a brain bath only episode which we are going to record this month with wes and jason right not kangaroo sack jason our friend our jason friend that jason. you friend, know we, call him, friend we jason. call him brain bath jason brain bath.
1: okay gotcha because
0: then we also have husband jason right there's a lot of jasons a lot of in jasons. our life yep and it s- makes it easier for me really i could call all kinds of names out <laughs> that's a good yeah that's a good point that's why i stick with the mats you do you know but anyway so yes feel free there's lots of bonus content on there i think there's actually like Hundreds of episodes that you can binge 100. if you joined Patreon. So that is patreon.com forward slash crime curious or the link that's in the show notes. So until next time, everybody.
2: Bye bye. You forgot. Oh, to I say- forgot to tell you to keep it curious. Oh. I'm fired. Until next time, keep it curious Fucking and And keep listening. Bye bye. Bye bye.